Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com. We are professional grade. This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week... It's friend against friend. Ooh. It's a dramatic story. And you know, we said this last week, listeners, but this is not a uh, laugh riot, to say the least. Yeah, it's not, it's not so much the, um, the breezy kind of storylines that we uh, tend to enjoy. So it's, yeah, it's, it's uh, a, a, like a, what is it they used to say about Saved by the Bones? A very special episode of, because <laughs> it's, it's like, oh God. <laughs> Yeah, a very special episode. And, you know, consider this, you're you're not going to miss much in the way of the overarching plot. So if you're really not in the mood to hear Sweet Valley's take on um, racism, then we totally understand. Uh, but we'll, we'll do our best to unpick it. And we have to say that it is not, and bear in mind, we are, you know, well-meaning white Irish people, but... Mm. It's not as bad as it could be. It's not as bad as we thought it would be. That's true. My expectations were like underground, to be honest. Uh, yes. So, so you know, it 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 was it was above that, which is something. Yeah, true. I mean, you know, fair bit of a. It doesn't take much for Sweet Valley to pleasantly surprise us. That's true. Know. Yeah. And, uh, they they have form in uh, in in disappointing us so often. <laughs> They're not, they're not quite as shit as we think they'll be. Well, look, we're always delighted to see that. <laughs> True. Well, as ever, we will dive right in with taglines and blurbs. And uh, Karen, what is the cover tagline? It is simply, what's happening between Neil and Andy? Oh, a lot. Mm. And uh, spoiler alert, doesn't end, uh, doesn't get all tied up in a nice little bow at the end. Yeah, but like in a way that actually suits the storyline yeah. rather than, you know, them forgetting to come back to things. Which, which is, is the usual way things are tied <laughs> yeah. up in Sweet Valley. But no, this is, uh, well, you know, this is part of the pleasant surprise element that Sweet Valley High does not solve racism in one book. <laughs> Though Liz Wakefield's going to do her best. Look, she gives it a go. Gives it the old college try. <laughs> well, the back cover line is betrayed. Mm. Well, that is an understatement. That certainly is, yeah. In this book. Can you give us the full blurb, please? I sure can. I feel like this one will be somewhat devoid of the usual kind of comedy gasping. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Um, Okay, yeah. So here we go. It's grim. Um, Andy Jenkins and Neil Fremont have been best friends for years. They hang out together, double date and help each other with their homework. But bully Charlie Cashman sets out to make life miserable for Andy just because Andy is black. First, Andy finds trash in his locker. Then his girlfriend is taunted and he's pushed around in the school parking lot. 
Neil wants to help his best friend, but suddenly Andy turns against him and Neil doesn't know why. The two boys are about to face the greatest challenge of their lives. Can their friendship survive the test? Well, as usual, the answer is no. Mm. But actually, it makes dramatic sense. It really does. Like, it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, fair, be, fair play. <laughs> yeah, we would. I mean, it'd be extremely disappointing given what happens in this book if the answer was just like, of course it will. Everything will be fine. It was all sorted out over a milkshake at Casey's. Like, yes. no. Yeah. <laughs> Though uh, when they say they've been best friends for years, we kind of get told in the book that like they became more friendly when they uh, teamed up in marine biology because that's where friendships yeah. are forged. <laughs> yes, Valley absolutely. Lessons. Over the study of anemones. Yeah, from enemies to enemies. Oh, <laughs> that should have been the tagline. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, they do have quite a convincing friendship, I guess. They do. Like this was, yeah, it kind of suggests that they started off as lab partners, but they do actually get along really well, and they do like hanging out together. True. Well, the cover is certainly uh, as dramatic as as the story inside. Can you describe it, please? I can indeed. And yeah, it's funny, like it is Neil and Andy on the cover. Mm. But I have to say, before I had actually read the book, I kind of presumed this was Charlie because yes, he looks like such an asshole. You know, he's the real classic 80s villain look to him. Mm. He's got the big blonde like hair. It's almost like, (laughs) yes, it's a kind of a, uh, well, he's a bit too hunky to be Charlie, but yes, it's it's a kind of a a, a quiff, like, what was it, a bouffant? Yeah, it's got the height, it's got the body, you know, it's it's some, it's a... It's a fine head of hair. Um, Lustrous, some would say. Very. But um, he's wearing like a denim jacket with the sleeves rolled up and he just looks Mm -hmm. so cross. I just kind of assumed this was the guy who's giving Andy hassle, but it actually is Neil. Um, So it's him and Andy on the cover. Like he's kind of got his hand on Andy's chest, like he's pushing him. Uh, Andy has his hand on his wrist. They're kind of just facing off really. Romantic vibe. I mean, it's kind of a tender looking touch, isn't it? It doesn't look like he's shoving him. No, and they are scowling at each other, but in a way that like, you know. It could be like, kiss me, you fool. Well, look, these things happen. I know. (laughs) Now that would have been an interesting book. That certainly would. Um, uh, yeah. And there's some good outfits going on. Like there are. The- so yes, we have the aforementioned denim jacket, which is also huge. It's got massive sleeves, and it's mm-hmm. it's quite the um, quite the, the big bulky jacket. It is very eighties. Like it's not fitted yes. in the slightest. Um, and then Andy is wearing, <clears throat> excuse me, like a, a striped top. And we on this podcast are always fans of a stripy top. Mm, uh, and this is a really nice one. It's kind of minty green and white stripes. Really nice. Yeah, an unusual Breton stripe, but I think Andy pulls it off. He's quite hunky as well, of course. He is. Like, they're both really good looking guys. Um, And they they do... Chiseled features on both. Chiseled, but in a way that they don't look 40, like like characters often do. That is true. Actually, especially Andy. Andy looks like a real teenager. He does, yeah. And and Neil looks, I mean, like, okay, he's a couple of years too old to play a teenager, but still (laughs) just about pulling it off. Like, it's, it's at least somewhat believable mm, in terms of true. age for these actors anyway so good on them <laughs> yeah a, a convincing cover yeah um 
Well, the 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 book begins because they have to be shoehorned in somewhere <laughs> with the twins. Of course, they couldn't just drop us into somebody else's life immediately. We wouldn't God. care. God no. <laughs> well, it's a typically annoying scene. Jessica is moaning about how hungry she is, and when Elizabeth rolls her eyes and just basically tells her to eat something, Jessica can't because she says, "You know perfectly well I'm on a diet, Liz. I can hardly get into my cheerleading uniform." Mm, cool. We're reassured immediately that uh, nothing is further from the truth, though. So it's like, oh, oh cool, great. Cute. At least we're getting all this bullshit out of the way quickly anyway. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, that's a very... Uh, we dive right in with the twin comparison quite quickly, which quicker than they, they usually do. It's like page <laughs> two or something. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, once that's out of the way, Liz heads off to an Oracle meeting and en route she bumps into Penny and tells her all about her new idea for an, a feature for the Oracle. And uh, it's quite a good one. It actually is. Yeah, she wants to put out a survey uh, where they ask the students if you could change anything at Sweet Valley High, what would it be? So she was saying they can get people to write in their responses and then they can publish the most interesting suggestions. And Penny's like, yeah, that's actually a really good idea. It could be really good fun. Um, And so she reckons if they they get it in uh, today, no, they reckon, yeah, if they get chatting to to Mr. Collins today, it might get into Monday's paper so they can really get this uh, show on the road and get going with it. Yeah. Um, So they bump into Neil and he reminds Penny that he's staying late to work on his marine biology project with Andy. Um, Again, with the marine biology, it's quite the focus of this school. Like they went to that marine biology trip to the island. Oh, to the island. Yeah, it's a proper (laughs) full on subject at this school, I guess. Like you think they'd just be doing science and maybe like chemistry or physics later on. But uh, no, we're straight in with the marine biology. It is specific as hell. (laughs) There's even, they've even got a marine biology teacher. Like, which seriously. They didn't have when they went to the island because it was Mr. Russo. That's right. I was saying the same thing. I was like, where the hell was this guy when they were off to Anacapa <laughs> Island? How come Bob Russo got roped into it? <laughs> Bob was like, oh, I just want to go on a little boat trip today. <laughs> yeah, poor Bob. <laughs> Little did he know. <laughs> well, when Neil goes off, Liz uh, tell, says to Penny that, uh, you know, Neil's really lucked out with his lab partner because apparently Andy is the school science uh, whiz. And uh, we're told that he is one of the few black students at the school. I mean, you can say that again. Oh, my God. Like, literally, we only know about him and Patty. And then Tracy's kind of been thrown in recently as his girlfriend. Yeah. And she's Tracy's cousin. True, actually. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> It's like two black families and two wow. poly eyes. Come on, guys. <laughs> oh, no. Um, well, uh, as well, we're reminded that uh, he is, of course, the guitarist in Baja Beach. And uh, he also plays the French horn in the school orchestra. So uh, he's quite the all-rounder. He really his, is, yeah. His science skills and his musical uh, talents. And when Penny and Liz arrive at the Oracle, they tell Olivia about the survey idea. And she thinks it's uh, it's it's great. And she says that uh, she would cut the school week to three days and have homework outlawed. <laughs> I thought she'd be a bit more political. I mean, not that there weren't political arguments we made for shorter work weeks and getting rid of homework, but like, <laughs> I thought she'd be a bit more, you know, a bit more like some of the other suggestions that we That's get. That's true. Actually, yeah, Penny's suggestion even sounds more like something Olivia would say. But yes. Yeah, Olivia went for the jokey answer. <laughs> Well, Penny's is one that I think we'd both agree with. Can you tell us what it is? <laughs> yeah, Penny says, I'd get rid of the sorority, Pi Beta <gasps> Alpha. She's like, I know you're in it, Liz, and kind of trails off. <laughs> yeah. And we get the reminder that, oh, she just did it because of Jessica. It's like, yeah, just stay in it. Yeah, you're still you're... in it though, aren't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Liz is kind of surprised that uh, that Penny feels this way. And um 
Penny says, it sets up this exclusivity thing. I don't think that's the kind of attitude we really want in our school. You're in or you're out. That's just not right. Damn straight, Penny. Like, absolutely. Let her have it. She's completely correct. And yeah, it kind of turns out, I think, slightly later that it, that uh, like it's it's the PBA members are the ones that organise all the dances and do all the kind of committee stuff. And it's like, oh, so no one else even gets a look in, really, unless yes. they're in this stupid fucking sorority that will bully you into losing weight before they even look at you. So exactly. fuck that. <laughs> well, Olivia agrees with Penny and Liz realises she thought the survey was going to be, you know, just a bit of fun and it would be mm. all stuff like uh, pizza for lunch um but uh, now she realizes that it might reveal more serious issues mm-hmm. it's really high and it certainly does so we cut to the lab where andy and neil are goofing around and they and they clearly do have and i guess there's you know there is a point to the to the sweet family banter scenes because <laughs> it's showing that they are genuine friends and they have a really nice kind of rapport yeah together um they're both kind of seem like good humored guys and Andy invites Neil and Penny to go on double date with him and Penny or with him and Tracy uh, to a beach picnic. But Neil can't go. And why? Yeah, so he can't because there is this like family barbecue thing he has to go to. Um, yeah. So he's needed at home for it. But uh, yeah, do we find out here actually who's no, coming? No, OK. So yeah, he, he can't make it basically. Yeah. yeah. Um. So they finish up their... I don't know, marine water, marina water <laughs> testing. Whatever I don't know how marine biology works. What do you even do in marine biology when you're 16? I mean, how much can you really do in fairness? <laughs> well, apparently extensive tests, Karen. It seems <laughs> like it. God, shut me up. Yeah. Well, um, so they, they drop by um, Andy Zucker because he needs to collect his French horn. But when they open it, there's a horrible surprise inside. Oh, it's rotten. Yeah. So Andy's locker is full of cafeteria garbage. So it's all like Mm. empty soda cans and apple cores and crumpled up paper and pizza crust. Like it's really, it's gross rubbish. Like, yeah, it's not just papers. Um, Dirty stuff like that would just mess up up and make it really smelly. Um, And there is a note then uh, or something written on the inside of his locker Mm. door. So it's not even a note. It's actually on the door. Um, And it says, go back to Africa where you belong. Pretty like shocking stuff yeah. um, for for Sweet Valley but unfortunately not shocking for Andy because it's clear he's just used to this sort of shit living yeah. in this terrible town oh god I know it's it's horrible yeah so like Neil is horrified um, but Andy's kind of he kind of takes a deep breath and he's like look it's no big deal but I think Neil kind of reckons he's kind of just trying to sound nonchalant and he's just like look this stuff is so stupid you couldn't even you can't even pay attention to it um, and Neil kind of can't believe that he's just going to ignore it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Because um, he, he keeps going, you've got to do something. And Andy's yeah. like, well, what should I do? Like, he says, yell racism and go running to the principal. That's what they want. And he, he tries to joke it off. And Neil can't understand how he can joke. And Andy's like, well, dryly says, well, his alternative is banging his head against the wall. And Andy just says, look, let me handle it my way. And uh, Neil, you know, uh, respects his decision basically um but he's he's obviously worried yeah he's he's troubled by the whole thing but reckons yeah he should just i guess yeah respect andy's wishes in this case yeah next day neil tells penny what's happened uh, she is of course outraged and upset and she says that they have to tell mr cooper basically tell everybody and maybe you know if everyone stands up for andy whoever did it will back off um neil uh basically says look Andy doesn't want that and uh, after you know he's thought about Andy's words and he realises 
um, as he says to many, I don't have the right to complain about it if Andy doesn't want me to. It happened to him, not to us. Yeah. So he he kind of has to leave it at that. Is that's how he feels anyway? And uh, he reluctantly leaves to go to the family barbecue, and he's you can see why he's reluctant because who should the guests be? Uh, yeah, so it's a family picnic with the Cashmans. So this is Charlie Cashman from the end of the last book and who we know now is, is our antagonist. Um, mm. Yeah, so it turns out that his, uh, Neil's friend, Neil's, Neil's father and Charlie's father are friends. I think they work together. Uh, they work together at Patman Canning. They certainly do. It's the oh Cans. Of course. <laughs> I've just remembered now reading this and being like, Anna was going to be delighted. <laughs> I was. So I was very disappointed to hear what go, you know, the... Uh, well, the, the goings on are, are less the... Yeah. Patman Canning. It's not a good work environment, but we're always thrilled to see the Canning factory <laughs> turn up. True. Justice for the Cans. <laughs> I remember they were written out of the Patmans of Sweet Valley. How rude. Until just they actually it. weren't, but they were thrown in at the end, but you had forgotten yes. that bit. <laughs> I, yes, I, I think I skimmed over because I was still so angry. But they were, I mean, it was basically explicitly said that the found, the fortunes of the Patmans was in oil yeah. and cans were an afterthought. <laughs> thrown by the wayside. <laughs> exactly. Like an old tin can. <laughs> For shame. Well, um... Yeah, apparently these sort of get-togethers are fairly regular and Neil hates them, understandably, because he yeah. wants to hang out with Charlie, who is clearly terrible. The worst. Um, and, uh, it's, yeah, so it's happening at the at the uh, Fremont house and Neil is relieved when Mr. and Mr. Mrs. Cashman arrive and Charlie is there because he couldn't make it for some reason. And Frank Cashman is just a dick from the t- moment he opens his mouth. Oh, literally. I was kind of like, I was not that I was willing to give him a chance, but I was like, let's see what this guy is like. So, and it's just immediate dickish behavior. Hmm. Um, he makes some comment about Neil that he didn't try out for football yeah. this year, saying it's a great character builder. And Neil's mom was like, oh no, he plays tennis and soccer. And then this fucker, Frank, is like, soccer? Oh, right. Never cared for it myself. That's what those South Americans play. I don't trust those guys. It's like, oh. I'm sorry. What the fuck are you talking about? I mean, there's so many things you could say to that. I just like, wow, OK, we are straight in with it. Yeah. And Neil thinks Mr. Cashman is a perfect example of what Charlie's going to be like in a few decades. Yeah. Um, And apparently his wife's always so timid that, you know, you can't like she... She gets flustered at the slightest thing. So uh, basically, Frank Cashman is clearly the the boorish head of this family. Mm. And um, he brags about knowing better than some mechanics who fixed his car. Like he's just he's just obnoxious throughout the whole afternoon. But then the conversation moves on to their to him and Mr. Freeman's new supervisor at work. So a man called Mr. Willis. And things Neil is disturbed from the moment this conversation begins and his own father says that he knew that as soon as this uh, Willis guy got promotion he'd be quote holding it over us oh god yeah it's it's horrible like they're just mm. like it, it it becomes clear very quickly that Mr. Fremont is also just a fucking racist and yeah. sucks as well yeah which I actually wasn't expecting yeah um, me too actually yeah. that was a surprise because, um, yeah, Cashman agrees that Willis is too big for his britches and then says people like that always let power go to their heads. They can't handle it. And um, they, uh, they they both him and Mr. and Mr. Freeman go on about how Willis wouldn't have got the job if it weren't for 
quote, this stupid affirmative action thing anyway. There were plenty of regular guys who were in line for that promotion. Talk about discrimination. Like, yeah, it's it's horrible. Um, yeah. At one point, Mrs. Fremont does kind of jump in or she kind of, when he says something about it. a few the, times, actually. She does, actually, yeah. yeah. But I'm kind of surprised she isn't a bit more overt even when he's gone or something or doesn't kind of take the dad aside at some point or at least not that we have seen but um she does kind of say you know I'm, I'm not sure I follow you Frank she said in a warning tone what exactly do you yeah. mean by someone like that so she does kind of jump in and throw a few digs but yeah yeah it, does, it just doesn't feel like enough because they're they're both no. fucking awful in this conversation yeah um but this is the first time again we're talking about the pleasant surprise uh the pleasant surprise <laughs> element of this book that Although one might think, oh, yeah, of course, when Sweet Valley does a book about racism, it's all about like, oh, no, the poor white boy. But actually, racism is a white people problem. It's things that white people do. Do, yeah. And that is kind of what they show in this. And, yeah. and from the start, they show that, uh, again, absolutely not saying this portrayal is perfect. And also, who am I to judge whether it is or not? But um, they they sort of show from the start this sort of attitude that is like, you know, we're entitled to these things and anybody else getting a piece of the pie is taking something from us. Yeah, like there's only so much to go around or something. And I guess the fact as well that it is Mr. Freeman, which I was a bit surprised by. And it is like, yeah, it could be anybody that thinks like this and you might not know until you get talking to them about it. That yeah. of course you could be taken by surprise, but it turns out someone's racist. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's not just the like obnoxious, creepy bully. Yes, exactly. It's his dad who he's always loved. Yeah. And... uh um, Neil tries to argue with his dad and his dad, you know, says this affirmative action thing isn't fair. And then, of course, says, I don't have anything against black people. Lots of them are really nice. Like your friend, Andy. He's a smart guy and he weeks hard, works hard. And Neil agrees that Andy does. But then he starts realizing that what his father is basically saying is that Andy is an exception to mm. the rule. And he can't believe that what his dad um is that this dad couldn't mean that but as the conversation goes on he realizes that that's exactly what he means yeah like that's it and he is very troubled by the fact that his dad is carrying on like this and he was he does say like he likes to think that his father was fair but if he spends so much time with Mr. Cashman some of those bigoted attitudes might rub off on him and it's like well yeah maybe or maybe he is just kind of racist yeah already because yeah. uh, he's certainly acting like he is sure is and by the time the meal is over Neil is just like his head is wrecked and he's really he feels ashamed of his father and he, he wants to talk to Penny about it but he can't admit how terrible his dad was um and uh but then again he, there's a moment where he's like he can't he he worries about his dad uh realize realize realizes basically that his dad is pretty racist and realizes he can't ask to Andy over in case Mr. Freeman says something obnoxious to him and then their friendship is over and it's sort of more like that's about you Neil that's about I don't that, want Andy to be upset yeah. by my racist father that is true um but I, I guess I was slightly again impressed feels like an overreach but uh there is just one point where I think during the meal Neil is like he can't help reading racist overtones into everything Mr Cashman said mm. and to be honest I was just glad that they actually used the word racist because yeah the last time there was a book okay not quite as as serious as this but like in Caught in the Middle there was some pretty bad racism but it was just like oh they're so bigoted or close-minded and they kind of danced around the word a lot whereas at least now we're actually just being forthright and saying yes this guy's racist so, that's yeah. true actually yeah yeah um 
So, yeah, Neil is very disturbed by this, but he decides just he's going to, you know, he's not going to tell anybody about it and hopefully it'll die down, mm. which is very optimistic and uh, not um, going to happen, Neil. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> we cut to Monday and Neil heads to marine biology class because it's part of the curriculum, <laughs> it's, apparently. It's 75% of the curriculum is marine biology now. Marine biology <laughs> and random softball games yeah, that's the sweet valley way <laughs> well him and Andy are are joking around it's you know it's all uh, just normal good fun um, they're both in a cheerful mood and uh, marine biology teacher John Archer turns up okay I guess again where the fuck was he on Anacapa Island but alright <laughs> well he's got an important announcement oh yes um, he got a letter from the Monterey Bay Aquarium uh, and it turns out that they run um, a summer scholarship for marine biology. <laughs> <laughs> and he is delighted to say that Sweet Valley High will be sending Andy Jenkins this year. Hooray! So, good for him. Well, well uh, Neil is delighted for Andy as uh, the rest of the marine biology class, that <laughs> tight-knit group. I mean, well-established group <laughs> of dedicated students of marine biology. <laughs> the marine biology gag, we call them. <laughs> Got the own booth at the Dairy Burger. Well, um, Neil is, you know, cheering along, but then he remembers, you know, the he hopes what's been happening recently, and he hopes that nothing happens to spoil Andy's uh, um, celebrations of his big mm. day. We cut to the cafeteria where everyone is talking about the survey that appeared in the Oracle that day. Yeah, and it's a sensation. Everyone's everyone's talking about it, and I think Liz yeah. initially thought it was just like a harmless little question, but but it's it's. Buzzing around the school now. Well, uh, Manuel's got some thoughts. <laughs> he does. I mean, they're, um, they're quite interesting thoughts on one level. Like, I think, go on, can you share what they are? I can, yes. And I think I, think I know where this is going. So, yeah. Because <laughs> on one hand, it's like, okay, yes, I see your point. Fair enough. But also... <laughs> So yeah, we, he says he changed the way they teach history around here. He says this whole area of California was settled by the Spanish from Mexico for centuries before white Americans came over the Rockies. The Spanish were the real discoverers of California. And I'm pretty sure um, indigenous Native American people would have something to say about that. Yes, I'm pretty sure those Spanish were also white colonialists. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Uh, it's we're not talking about the indigenous people of Mexico here. So, uh, okay, yeah, <laughs> okay, it's well. like not so much the Spanish from Mexico as the Spanish who took over Mexico, over Mexico. and then also this bit of America. <laughs> and I actually did look this up to see, like, okay, maybe you know, I don't. Well, I think we learned in the last episode that I don't know much about Californian history, but no, one of the generals who was in the. Uh, the Spanish-Mexican War was literally born in Spain. So, <laughs> okay, let's cheer one set of colonial uh, overlords <laughs> over another. Yeah, there's no good side here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we we've been very well educated in um, uh, in the history of this part of the world by listeners. So please continue to share our knowledges. Are we misjudging Manuel's history? Anyway, they, they should clearly be teaching this in the schools one way or the other. Yes. Um, which apparently they don't do. So it's, <laughs> what sort of weird history curriculum they teach? Well, Ken Matthews points out that they used to go on field trips to the old Spanish missions. So there's that. Uh, the Jade Wu crops up because they're getting every single character who's had a <laughs> racism subplot or main plot. 
Indeed. Yeah, uh, Jade kind of chimes in to kind of lighten the mood. I don't know what her vibe is here, whether she is just kind of trying to change the subject or what, Mm. but uh, her take on it is getting rid of this boring cafeteria food and putting in some pizza ovens and like everyone left but Manuel. And it's like, oh, yeah, I don't know about this, Jade. Yeah. Also, since when are all these people friends? Yeah, also true. (laughs) Jade isn't even in their year, isn't she not? Oh, is she, she like a be, sophomore or something? I think she is, yeah. Maybe right. Yeah. She only cropped up because she was in like that dancing <laughs> thing, talent show, whatever True. it was. <laughs> <sighs> well, um, Dana then causes some real controversy and I'm 100% on her side. This is great. Yeah, she says, what I'd change, pay less attention to boys' sports. It's totally ridiculous that the whole school focuses on these primitive macho competitions. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean... In the last book, she was literally waving pom-poms about a football match. She was doing quite her own amount of cheering, yes, for Aaron yeah. Dallas on the on the pitch. But um, yeah, I mean, she's got a point in fairness because oh, the only does. sports you ever hear about, other than that one time Shelley Novak had a book to herself, oh, is, yeah. uh, is what the lads are up to in terms of sports. And um, yeah, Sandra, I guess Sandra Bacon is there as well. She, um, she says that the boys' sports programmes get more money than the girls' sports do, that she saw it in a school budget outline when it was up for a vote. Yeah, well, um, a general argument about boys and girls sports getting more money and attention ensues and Elizabeth is taken aback um, and uh, we're told that taking a look around the familiar cafeteria, she suddenly wondered how well she really knew her school. <gasps> yeah, mm. I guess you don't actually know everything just because you're blonde and popular and everyone seems to like you. <laughs> yeah, well, in fairness, there's a lot of shit that she does know about that doesn't seem to bother her that much, like the time <laughs> that her sister and her friends like bullied somebody into becoming bulimic and then bullied somebody else into um I'm sorry more anorexic than bulimic um but yeah and then bullied somebody else into trying to take their own life overdose yeah Mm. so I don't know why she could possibly have this idea that Sweet Valley was always so perfect (laughs) very true her sister does a lot of uh, destruction by herself let alone anybody else (laughs) indeed well Later, Neil Penny uh, and Neil and Penny and Andy and Tracy arrive at the Dairy Burger, and Tracy can't stay long because she has to go uh, to her after-school job at a toy shop. Ooh. And uh, they have a you know a fun time toasting Andy's triumph and his future work at the aquarium. It's like a zoo for fishies, <laughs> <laughs> and they seem like a nice little gang. They do, funny, yeah. Yeah, they have nice kind of cute banter. It's all mm. you know they're having a nice time, and it's good. And I've just wondered now is that aquarium the same one that uh, that Steve was bringing not Trisha to that oh. time or is it a different one again how many aquariums are in this town <laughs> I mean it's yeah because it's in Monterey oh. a, I think that might be a real aquarium um, but remember they apparently there's a Sweet Valley one that Trisha used to love and then he took Waterface Andrea to one in another <laughs> town there's, there's just so many aquariums he's just obsessed with the aquarium life <laughs> well he's got a choice apparently <laughs> sounds like it <laughs> Well, they all get up to go, and um, the the bo- the girls say they'll follow the boys out outside because Tracy has to ask. I think it's, I think it's Jade. <laughs> it is. They're just pulling out every non-white character we've had so far. Just be like, look, look, this diversity. <laughs> I'm surprised Patty didn't show up. That's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Penny's going to order a drink to take away, so the boys head out. But who should they see hanging around the place when they leave? Yeah, so they they see Charlie with uh, Jerry McAllister, uh, who is Crunch, isn't he? Yeah. Or the guy with the purple van that uh, caused the accident in Yeah, who used to go to the Shady Love. Lady. Yeah, 
whole thing. So he's still around. Yeah. Um, so Where him and uh, then, yeah, Jim Sturbridge and Ron Reese, who I don't remember mm. or call no, them. No, me neither. Before. We're, told, we're told they belonged to a rough crowd. <gasps> oh, no. Well, if they're hanging out with Crunch McAllister, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's a given. <laughs> Well, if only they'd stick to around the shady lady, things would be a lot better. So very true. Well, Neil is morning bells go off in his head when he mm. sees this crew, and uh, um, Charlie sort of steps out in Andy's path, and Andy remains calm. But then um, Charlie says, "I heard you got picked out for a special prize because you're black," and we can hear he's sort of regurgitating the stupid beliefs of his dad. Yeah, more or less. Um, you know, not quite word for word, but it's the same principle. Exactly, yeah. And Andy um, stays calm and just says, I heard it was because I earned it. But Cashman says it's like affirmative action and his lot want to take away from white guys because they want special privileges. And Neil tells him to shut up, but Charlie continues to taunt Andy. And uh, uh, Andy just walks away. And Charlie gives another racist jibe and Neil tells him to shut up and um, follows Andy to the to the car. Um, but Andy isn't impressed by what Neil says next. Yeah. And like Andy, he he's like, yeah, he's been staying calm and not, I guess, rising to it and just not giving uh, Charlie the satisfaction of a reaction, I suppose. Um, but yeah, he, yeah, because I suppose, yeah, as, as Charlie's talking, Neil can just hear Frank and kind of how this this is how he goes on about Patman Canning um but yeah he what was it yeah he he's says just, that he's having a that yeah it's because of his dad isn't it that he's having a bad time in work yeah and it sort of sounds like he's making an excuse mm, for Charlie. Charlie though um that isn't really what he means but he expresses it very poorly true and understandably Andy's not impressed and says, I don't see why I should have to be insulted just because his father is in a bad mood. Yeah. And just then the girls come out and Andy tells Neil not to tell them um, and says, look, he's going to handle this in his own way. Uh, so Neil is, you know, doesn't argue with them. But when they walk Tracy to her car, um, they have a horrible shock in store. Yeah, all her tyres are flat. So at first I kind of thought, God, have they been slashed or what's happened here? But they do just say that they're all flat. So I wonder if they just let the air out of them. Look, either way, her car is fucked because every tyre is now completely flat and has no air in it at all. And it's clearly intentional. Of course, yeah. Um, And they see Cashman's car zooming off. Um, So understandably, Tracy's really upset. Andy is angry. um, And uh, Neil says that he and Penny will give Tracy a lift to work. And when Andy, you know, basically says, look, I know this that horrible Charlie Cashman, Neil very stupidly thinks, well, maybe it was one of his friends and kind says, of. pretty much says this. Oh, uh, yeah, it's a really stupid thing to say. Like, I don't yeah. know why he keeps trying to defend Charlie. It's like, come on now. Like, <laughs> no. And Andy is understandably furious. Yeah. Um, and says, sorry, Charlie didn't exactly sign his name. Maybe he will next time. So the others give Tracy a lift while Andy says he'll call a tow truck for the car and and wait there for it. And next morning at school, things still aren't, you know, great between Neil and Andy. Yeah, Andy's quite kind of short with Neil um, when he goes to talk to him um, because Neil is like, oh, did you get everything straightened out yesterday? And Andy's just like, 
yeah, I got everything straightened out. And like, he's clearly still absolutely fuming. He's like, he had to pay $45 for a tow uh, a tow truck to the tire centre. They need to mm. get a ride home, borrow money from his mother, get back to the tire centre. By then it was five o'clock and they couldn't do anything until the following morning. And he's like, so I guess you could say it's all straightened out. And I did yeah. wonder then why Neil didn't go back. Like, because I know Neil, he he dropped Tracy off at her yeah. job. But then what? He just went home. He didn't go back to Andy to see if Apparently. he needed a hand with anything. Because clearly Andy could have used a lift at some point. So that yeah. was kind of weird, I thought. Yeah, I was like... After they dropped her off at her toy shop, they could have uh, returned to him. Yeah. And if that wasn't bad enough, it gets a lot worse because Neil is worried because Andy's obviously um, so upset. He worries that Neil or Andy's going to confront Charlie Mm. and that would be a four to one fight. And to try and avoid this, he says, try not to let it get to you. He groped for the right words, but couldn't find them. Think, think of how Martin Luther King Jr. would react to a situation like this. Oh no, Neil. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh God. Well, unsurprisingly, <laughs> and this does not go down well. Um, yeah, Andy is extremely unimpressed. He actually says, who do you think you are? Andy gasped. Don't talk to me about Dr. King. And Neil like takes this kind of personally and he's like embarrassed and he's like, I was just trying to, and he's like, I know what you were trying to do. Um, and Neil kind of just, is just like, oh, but now my feelings are hurt and this yes. is just as bad as racism. And like, no, no, Neil, stop it. And actually, this is the point, I think, when you read this book for the first time, where you think, Oh fuck! Is this the message of this book? <laughs> yeah. like, don't hurt his feelings, Andy. He's he means well, but actually, it's, it's not. No, that is true, and I was worried because I hadn't read this book before, mm. so I was like, "Oh God, is this what's happening? Is is hurt feelings like a white yeah. guy's hurt feelings is, is is as bad as racism?" It's like, no, no, please don't let that be the message here. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! But no, hang in there. It it will actually. Redeem itself somewhat. Yes. This is why we say we're pleasantly surprised because our <laughs> yeah. standards are this low. <laughs> well, uh, so Neil says, look, Andy should tell a teacher he likes and trusts. Um, and uh, like a certain teacher who uh, will make an appearance hmm. quite yes. soon. Yes, we can think of someone. <laughs> we can. Um, but Andy makes, because, you know, it's easy for Neil to say, go to a trusted authority figure. But Andy's been burnt before. Yeah, he said the same sort of thing happened to him in junior high before he moved here. Uh, so he obviously went to junior high in some other town. Um, yeah. And the teacher he went to said, just ignore it, Andy, don't make trouble. And he's like, that's the kind of help I got. I'm not asking again. So you can absolutely understand Andy being like, well, no one's going to fucking help me. So yeah. what am I supposed to do here? Like, there's no yeah. point going to authorities because they have let me down before and probably will again in future. Yeah. And he's like 16. Exactly. So, yeah. You know, he's he's there's on every single level, the power balance is... Uh, is not in his favour. Mm. And of course he says, that wouldn't happen here. But Ugh. Andy says, the greatest thing anyone said to this book. <laughs> or in any Sweet Valley book. Oh my God. Actual reality. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah so yeah, because that's it. Neil is like, Neil gestured vaguely. He knew he wasn't being any help at all. It's like, I'll say. <laughs> and as he says, but that wouldn't happen here. And Andy's like, oh, so Sweet Valley is special. He asked sarcastically. Ooh, yes, <laughs> like, at last. Someone's Time. <laughs> Um, yeah and then he says uh, he can handle it on its own and he says I don't need help from anyone especially from any white person and he stomps off and Neil is speechless 
And again, we start thinking that it's going to be, but Andy's the real racist no. here. <laughs> but they don't go that way. They so, really don't. I keep thinking they will, or I kept thinking they would. And yes. yeah, but they do. They just, they pull it back in time. <laughs> yeah, because the rest of the day, uh, he's worried Andy's avoiding him. And he's like, it's like Andy held a grudge against everyone in Sweet Valley Hikes and Charlie, but they're like, they're not bad people there. I mean, are they not Aren't bad they people? <laughs> they're not great people. <laughs> For many reasons. <laughs> um, so eventually he finds Penny and Liz and uh, tells tells them, you know, that, that uh, he doesn't give the full details, but just basically gives the, tells them that uh, uh, Andy is being harassed by a racist. And Liz says, she doesn't believe it. Penny dryly says, you don't. Oh, loved that. <laughs> And Liz says, obviously she believed it happened, like she's not doubting Andy's or Neil's words, but yeah. I never thought something like that could happen here. Surely not again in the town where people have been bullied into terrible things. Seriously, like, come on now, Liz, open those freaking blue-green eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so again, Neil thinks, as Penny gives Liz the full story, he's like... You know, what bothered him the most was that Andy's reaction was so much like Charlie's. Andy had insisted he didn't need any help from white people, any white people, regardless of what they were like. That was the worst thing. It that was the worst that... thing. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> it appeared that Andy saw the situation just the way Charlie did. As my notes go, no, Neil. <laughs> yeah, at this point I had just written down, please stop. Oh, no. <laughs> but then when he says... That's racism too, isn't it? Making generalizations about a race like that. This is the biggest surprise in the whole book. Truly, like blown away by this, but and again, like very relieved and delighted by it. Uh, low because, bar, people. Oh, low look, bar. Not even on the floor, literally underground. Yeah. Um, Liz leans forward on her elbows and says, "I don't know if that's exactly the same thing." She said, "It and is true." <laughs> I mean, yes, it is true that white people have discriminated against blacks and again this is how it's said in the thing and it's yeah. like nah, I don't like this for hundreds of years uh, maybe Andy has good reason to feel angry and suspicious about the white establishment and it's like whoa actual what? points being made <laughs> can't believe Elizabeth Wakefield is telling you know 12 year olds that reverse racism isn't a thing like, again and in like what 1990 this is pretty cool fair <laughs> yeah, minimum again but, I mean, look, you know, yes, this is what we're working with <laughs> we just kept thinking it was going to be so much worse so True, yeah. I think if you go in maybe if you read this book thinking wow this, uh, this is <laughs> great it's like you'll be very disappointed but just oh, God, bear in mind yeah. what we were expecting and what True. we keep thinking they're going to do yeah which they uh, which they they veer away from um, mm multiple times because uh, Neil's all but I'm his friend and <laughs> Fanny's like yeah well he's very upset at the moment I mean I can't imagine it helps that he is like the one black boy as far as we know in Sweet Valley that's true yeah because the other um, uh, black characters in the school are just Penny and Tracy, Tracy. that's it isn't it that's it yeah so um yeah, you know, he, he doesn't really have anybody around him who knows what he's uh, going through. And Penny's basically like, you just have to be, you can't demand anything from him. Just Yeah, he just, he needs support right now and a friend. He's like, she's like, um, don't judge him while he's upset. That's not fair. Mm. Yeah. 
So uh, later at the Casa del Wakefield, Liz is rightly upset by everything that's going on, but we're told that she had always thought of Sweet Valley High as a warm, friendly school, where people <laughs> had always got along friendly, fairly well with one another. There had always been small problems, of course, but they were nothing compared to this. I mean, <laughs> we've gone through a few of them several times already. I mean, yeah, again, um, I wouldn't call them small problems. No. And also, they have been mostly wrought by your sister. <laughs> but look... <laughs> Very much so. Well, speak of the devil. <laughs> she turns up. And um, Liz says, did you ever have that weird feeling when you realise things aren't the way they thought that you thought they were? And of course, Jessica's like, oh, like when you're 100% positive, a guy likes you. And then you find out he likes somebody else. And this is like, eh, we're told. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> well, she loved Jessica, but she wasn't sure Jessica was the most sensitive person in the world when it came to some subjects. Eh. No. <laughs> like that's putting it so mildly if we remember like Trisha Martin actually dying and her like wanting to fix Stephen up with someone else once she was out of the picture. Like sensitive is not the word that comes to mind with Jessica Wakefield. No, that's just one of many. <laughs> uh, but Liz is trying, God love her, she won't give up. She's trying to make Jessica have some human emotions <laughs> and she says don't you sometimes feel that, that some people get more privileges than other people just because of who they are and Jess kind of agrees and cites some of her rich faults but she just she says just accepts it says some people just seem to have more in this world I guess yeah because when she talks about Bruce she's um She's like, yeah, you know, he's rich. And even though I don't like him very much, I still have to admit he's gorgeous. And it's like, we're kind of getting off topic here, Jessica. Yeah. Well, Liz gets angry and says, so in other words, people who are good looking and rich get extra. Is that is that what you're saying? And Jessica says, I know it's not fair, but I, I don't make the rules. And Liz goes, then I want to talk to the person who made the rules. We need some new ones. So Liz fiercely. Yeah, good Lord. Quite the outburst. I mean, I wish this lasted. It doesn't. <laughs> it's fleeting at best. <laughs> but, you know, it's nice to see it. True. Um, and Jessica goes like, well, don't what you're complaining about. We're fine. This, <laughs> this rightly says, didn't it ever occur to you that if we're fortunate, that means we have a responsibility to make sure other people are treated fairly. I've got news for you, Jess. Things at Sweet Valley are not as great as you think. Yeah, she then tells her about Andy's locker and the whole thing at the Dairy Burger. Um, but Jessica's kind of like, oh, he's always been a total jerk. If you ask me, Andy should just ignore him completely. And it's like, okay, this is not helpful. And you're clearly not seeing anything from anybody's point of view. No, I'm not taking it seriously. Yeah. They were told, Liz, uh, that uh, Jessica had a good heart, but she wasn't always the most understanding person when it came to other people's problems. Uh, part one? No. <laughs> And part two, you can say that again. <laughs> I know, a good art. Where? Please demonstrate. <laughs> Any moment when she showed us. Literally, I mean, yeah, I, I need an essay answer on this because hmm. it's a no from me. <laughs> um, and here we have another uh, scene with Neil, which is kind of illustrating of people getting, when, you know, white people getting more annoyed at the idea that anybody might think they're racist then the idea that they might actually be racist. Oh, yeah, that's very true. Because he gets more and more angry about the way Andy's treating him and he thinks Andy C was a stereotypical white person and, you know, no racial problems came, come up. Andy assumed Neil was like every other white person. It wasn't fair. He didn't deserve to be treated that way. And he's... Uh, 
he's really upset about it. And mm. when, when he's called down to dinner, his dad is clearly having uh, similar feelings. Oh, God. Yeah, the Canning he's... Factory. <laughs> down at old Patman Canning things are not yeah. particularly rosy yeah so he's talking about um, there was some scene at work today and Mrs. Freeman is like why what happened and he's like oh poor Frank this is Frank Cashman he's mm. really getting it from Willis now I think Willis is deliberately provoking him trying to get him steamed up and Neil's like why what did he do uh, and he says like nothing absolutely nothing and even Carol the mom is like there must have been something and he's just like no he, he didn't do anything apparently Frank he's like Willis is out to prove something because he's a black man with white guys under him that's the only reason he's picking on Frank like we've established that Frank is a cunt like yeah. that's why he's being yeah. pulled up at work for acting that way <laughs> oh, so can like you imagine what he's like at work exactly yeah it's it's pretty bad but um yeah Neil is kind of watching his dad and he's he, he's not sure if it's true that Willis yeah. is being hired on Cashman or if it's just his dad blowing the whole thing out of proportion because Mr. Willis is black. Yeah. Um, and he kind of realises he can't really count on his dad to be fair anymore now that he kind of knows his feelings on stuff like this. Yeah, um, and his dad gets all sort of red in the face and defensive when he sees Neil's sceptical mm. look. And uh, it's, um, it's, it's quite an emotionally complex moment for a Sweet Valley book. It, that is true, yeah. But like it's, really stupid of the dad as well or just like oh, this behaviour like we know he's terrible but just this behaviour is so childish like it's yeah it's like oh, why are you looking at me like that so, yeah, you know, his, I'm not like a his, bad person his dad literally says what he said defensively you think I'm exaggerating right I guess you're on Willis's side it's like you are a grown man he what is, is wrong child. with you yeah. <laughs> like seriously he sounds like a child oh god Mrs. Fremont Seriously. I'll tell you, that woman has her work cut out for her. She needs to fucking bail the fuck out with her kids yeah. before things turn bad. <laughs> or worse. Uh, yeah, worse indeed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Neil again feels a bit self-pitying because he's obviously the real victim in all of this. So <laughs> he literally realises this isn't true later. So, yeah, yeah. Just so you know. Just hang in there. It's yeah. coming. <laughs> but then, at the end of this awkward meal, mm. a car pulls up at hunks. And who could it be? It's fucking Charlie. And like when Neil sees this, he feels like a dull thud in the pit of his stomach when he sees who it is. Um, and he's really wary. He's just like, what the fuck is this guy doing here? And yeah, Charlie is kind of nervous and says he was just driving around and thought he'd stop by. And then Carol Fremont is like, oh, Charlie, come in, come in. I'm like, I guess they just don't know that Charlie's a piece of shit. I don't know. Mm, I guess they don't know he's a school bully. Maybe, yeah. Um, but, um, and he yeah, reveals he had to get out of the house because dad is all worked up. Hmm. And Neil realises that Mr. Cashman is probably taking out his racist rage on his family. It's yeah. perpetuating the cycle of uh, bigotry, basically. Very true, yeah. And uh, he's, But then Neil feels weirdly sorry for Charlie because he has the luxury of feeling sorry for him because he's not really threatened by him. That's it, isn't it? Yeah, because he does, I guess, empathise somewhat over the fact that his dad is so awful and that hmm. clearly things are rough enough at home. Um, and Charlie asks him, does he want to drive around with him for a bit? Mm, in so his suppose, Camaro. In his Camaro, yeah. So Neil, I suppose, has been maybe not worn down, but just has kind of has a moment of sympathy for Charlie and kind of just says he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have the heart to make him feel worse. So he's just like, sure, why not? He felt sorry for Charlie. After all, it wasn't Charlie's fault Mr. Cashman was such a jerk. And it's like, well, it is Charlie's fault that he's such a fucking prick in school. True. So there is that. But yeah, so he kind of has this moment of weakness and agrees to go hang out with Charlie. But even so, it's like, this is a guy who you know is harassing your friend yeah. because he's racist. So like, yeah. what are you mean, doing here, Neil? <laughs> I know. 
So he drives off with a uh, with the stones on at full volume, <laughs> and Neil knows he should say something about all the horrendous things Charlie's been doing to Andy. Um, but uh, he he then he wonders maybe you know Charlie is changing because he seems more vulnerable. So he's, he's it's just easy for him to not say anything and tell yeah. himself like, oh Charlie's just being picked on by his dad. By the way, you know his dad is probably uh, hitting his kids. It does seem to be the implication that that's what's happening, yeah. Yes. So the dad is, you know, like, there's a reason Charlie is terrible. Yeah. Um, But, uh, like, he's not really who Neil should be focusing on. No, he's not the one really deserving of sympathy in this particular moment. No. Um, And uh, then Charlie pulls up outside just a suburban home. And who could it belong to? Apparently it's Chrome Dome Cooper's house. (gasps) It's true. And, Char- and Charlie beeps his horn for ages and just drives off. Yeah, I guess. Like, <laughs> I don't know. This is how he entertains himself. <laughs> the Neil says, you're crazy. And Charlie, in a Popeye voice, says, I am what I am. And that's all that I am. He's <laughs> so annoying. He's the worst. <laughs> And Neil wonders if Charlie is just like just such a pain in the arse because of his awful dad, but does think it doesn't excuse his racist, um, abusive behaviour. Yeah, though at one point he says the guy had a lot of rotten stuff to deal with at home and he needed an outlet for it. It's like if you need a fucking outlet, go crochet or something. Don't fucking <laughs> racially attack kids in school, you dick. <laughs> if only they had a proper school counsellor as well who could pick up on these things. Honest to God, they are in dire need of one that's actually useful. And like, they didn't, wasn't there like a, a, a brief appearance by one back in? Um, Aaron Dallas's oh, ragey anger management uh, thing. But like, where the fuck are they? <laughs> yeah, because that was caused by Aaron's dad's rage issues. True, yeah. Yeah, where's the, oh, well, he or she's sleeping on the job. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're told that, quote, after an hour, Neil was completely bored of honking in front of people's houses and racing around. Like an hour? How are you not bored after it happened once? In oh fairness? my Jesus. God. So Charlie of all people. Yeah. So he says he wants to go home and Charlie says, next time, let's make a little trouble. And Neil's like, mm. yeah. and gets out, Charlie speeds off. And Neil thinks he must have been mad to have hung out with Charlie and feels incredibly guilty. Mm. As well he might. Yeah. He's literally been hanging out with the person who is, you know, uh, being a racist bully to his best friend. Yeah. So the next day he waits for Andy after school and things are sort of normal at the moment. They seem to be a bit more normal between him and Andy again. Um, But then Charlie and co approach him. Oh God. Yeah, this is after school, I think. And during the day, yes. things had been kind of warming up again with him and Andy. So I think yeah. he's just waiting uh, for Andy out in the car park. Yeah, he's so going to give him a lift, I think. Yeah, so he's hanging out in his car and next thing this familiar voice is like, hey, Freeman, what's up, man? And it's fucking Charlie um, with Ron and Jim. I guess they're still in school. Um, yeah. Crunch is not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a lady lady. <laughs> <laughs> He's got business meetings and the shady lady all day long. Um, yeah, so Neil is just like, oh Christ, here's these fuckers again. Um, so Charlie's like, oh, we're going to go up to Second Lake to do some partying. And the three boys kind of surround Neil where he is mm. and he feels really tense and jumpy, um, but just says, uh, no, I'm not going. I'm waiting to, to drive somebody home. And of course, immediately Charlie's like, oh, that wouldn't be your black buddy, would it? What are you wasting your time on him for anyway? And just kind of talking shit about Andy. So Neil does say, look, he's a friend, lay off him. I'm not going with you. Uh, yeah, uh, but they, well, they, they, uh, 
they give their more their racist jibes and being yeah. all sort of like, ooh, Mrs. T. Cooper's black booty and all this. And um they they they're not phased by Neil standing up to them at all. And when he is about to go back into the school, who should come out and see him seemingly hanging out with this gang? That's it, because I guess from a distance, that is what it looked like, even though Neil does like kind of push his way past the three of them to just fucking get away from them. But um, but Andy is coming out of the school when he sees Neil with Charlie and the others and immediately a, like a look of distrust, very understandably, is on his face. Um, so Neil kind of runs up to meet him and Andy's very frosty. He's like, oh, so you're friends with Cashman now. Um, because you know that did not look great, obviously. Yeah. And uh, Neil's like, no, no, they were giving me a hard time about you, and I was sticking up for you. So then, and he's like, oh, gee, defensive when thank he says you so it. much. Yeah. So yeah, Andy's still just like, what the fuck is this? He's like, oh, I really appreciate being defended by you, and he is all sarcastic and just kind of looks away and is. They're kind of back on rocky terrain again now with all this. Yeah, because Neil says he, you know, um, we're meant to be friends, and I'd stick for any of my friends who were. You know, being hassled, and Andy reminds him that it's only his black friend who's being hassled, and uh, and says that you know Neil can't say he's Andy's friend and Cashman's friend at the mm. same time, and Neil gets pissed off because he, he's like, I'm not even friends with them, uh, but instead he says because he gets all defensive, fucking Neil, <laughs> and says I'll be friends with anyone I want okay don't need your permission I've known Charlie for a long time but if you like hanging out with them I will how is that the move Neil like how does that come out of his mouth seriously for fuck's sake and right before that he even says like he didn't even like the guy and felt completely exasperated by this whole thing because he's just like Charlie's the worst and yet this is what he comes out with and it's just like Neil what is your thought process here now, well, this is the 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 thing. It's just like he just keeps saying these things. Like, how did I say these things? Like, hmm. yeah, why did I do that thing? It's like Neil, you need to get a fucking grip of yourself for God's sake. Yeah, um, I have to keep reminding myself that he is a child. I know. <laughs> this is the other thing. They are babies. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, he has to learn to take responsibility for his actions, as he does. Well, this is it. Because, you know, at the same time, Andy is also a kid and like yeah. he's the one who's actually having a hard time here. Exactly. So, yeah. um, and the adults are fucking useless. So. True. Um, so Andy, understandably, goes off. He gets a lift from uh, Tracy hmm. and um, Neil is just standing there and who should come up but Charlie, who's very amused to see this tiff between the friends. Yeah, so he just comes up and yeah, he's like, oh, I guess you guys really are best friends. Oh, you're really tight. Um, mm. So he's just like, oh, just leave me alone. But then, yeah, Charlie again just keeps on at him and he's like, oh, he stops smiling apparently because I guess now he means it. Mm. But he's saying, I'm telling you, black and white just don't mix. Can't you see that? Stick with your own kind. You'll be better off. Like, oh, big X energy. <sighs> yes. And Neil doesn't say a word. No. Just off. Yeah. <sighs> Neil. Well, we cut to the Oracle office and Penny is looking at a survey response, uh, the survey responses. The first one is certainly something I could have drafted in the box. <laughs> Again, you love to see it. Pi beat Alva are getting hammered in this. Yes. <laughs> um, so the first one she reads is someone who had submitted, I don't think it's fair that the Pi Beta Alpha sorority girls get to head all the dance committees and prom committees. I don't think that there should be any kind of club that gets to keep people out of how, out because of how they dress or if they have a boyfriend. It's like... Damn. Yes, mystery writer. Tell them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell them. I want to know who wrote that one. Yeah. Because I think we're going to find out who wrote the next one. <laughs> God help us all. I don't think this is going to be very entertaining either for different reasons. 
Can you share the second uh, thing Paddy pulls out of the box? Okay, yes. The next uh, submission is, uh, it's not right that girls aren't considered good enough to play varsity football. If you've got the speed and the skill, there's no reason a girl couldn't be a quarterback. Paddy's very amused by this. She thinks this is cool and Mm. uh, sounds like it's from a girl who wants to join the team. Yeah. And she makes a note to Liz asking if she can find out more. Now, this survey was meant to be anonymous. I know. It's like, oh. the entire purpose here. (laughs) I know. Now let's get our gossip reporter to sniff out who this person (laughs) is. Like, no, (laughs) that's not what this was. Fucking hell. Well, she's still, uh, she's enjoying herself. This is obviously entertaining stuff, but then she gets a horrible shock when she reads the next... uh, um, message in the in the box. Mm, yeah, Ugh, gross. Yeah, yeah. So then the horrible one that, of course, was we were building up to mm. is. Um, I think they should kick out anyone from this school who isn't a real American, like blacks, Hispanics, and Asians. They always get advantages over us. And again, it's that form of racism, which is just like, I don't hate, you know, I don't, I don't hate group X, but they're getting these unfair advantages somehow. <laughs> um, so actually, I think it's really like, it's, the, it's a good approach to take in this narrative, that, you know, to show that this is how this manifests itself. It's not as straightforward as like, I hate X, Y, and Z. So like, this isn't fair. That's true, like, yeah. something that I should have. It's, yeah, it's not a case of going from like zero to pulling on a white hood. Like it mm. is, there's a progression with this thing and that is kind of how you, how it starts. The idea yeah. that they're taking something from you. Yeah, a sense of grievance. Mm, yeah. Um, so uh, I guess this is depressingly realistic. Oof. And in Penny feels sick with anger, uh, mm. understandably, but in her mind, she saw a picture of a typical Sweet Valley High crowd. Everyone was always living life to the fullest, getting caught up in dreams and disappointments. Everyone was so normal. How could there be such hatred just under the surface? Mm. How indeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she almost wishes they had never run the survey, but she realises, rightly, it would have been wrong not to, to do this because if there were hidden feelings like that in Sweet Valley High, they had to be brought out into the open. Mm. And later she rings Neil to see, you know, how things are with with him and Andy and he doesn't even know because he's he starts giving out and saying that like whenever I do the wrong thing I'm starting to get fed up with both Andy and Charlie and you know things are going to get worse because he's just heard that Charlie's dad got fired oh yeah on the can canning kingdom <laughs> he's <laughs> lost the keys to the canning kingdom <laughs> he has and uh, Penny is very troubled and says this could be said in any Sweet Valley book, though I know in this case it is about something more serious. Mm. It says, Neil, something's going to happen. I feel like something terrible has been going on underground for a long time and it's about to come out in the open. I mean, I can't even believe what's go- really going on about here in people's heads. Yeah, last... again, an, an evergreen comment when it comes <laughs> to this fucking series. <laughs> I mean, they could have said this for so many books, but I'm glad <laughs> it's finally coming up now. Yeah. And she tells him Andy really needs him, but Neil is still all defensive. It's like, oh, well, he's funny way of showing it. Oh, God, again, this is not about you. Like, you just need to be there for your friend, you mm. little dick. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so he doesn't know what to do. Cut to marine biology, because it's a daily class. Hey! <laughs> and things are really awkward uh, with Andy and uh, Neil can't concentrate on the test they're having. And again, he's like he's really resentful towards Andy. He's like, oh, Andy, this is all these problems that you're causing for me. 
Ugh, yeah, it's like it's Andy's fault now that he can't concentrate because he's so troubled by everything that's going on. And it's like, okay, this isn't Andy's fault, Neil. What are you no. talking about? And he starts to be like, why am I trying so hard for like, nothing's worth this much hassle. <laughs> but there is a part of him that still knows that this isn't really about him and that Andy's the person who's being targeted and, you know, Neil's not the victim here, basically. Yes, yeah. Um, so he tries when the class ends to make small talk about Andy's band and suggest they hang out. And Andy's a bit vague, but, you know, it's not terrible between No, them. like they're being polite, but it's not their usual easy way with each other. Yeah. So it's still, it's they're not where they were at all. Like, Oh, no. Well, and then before they can even try and uh, and get any further, uh, something awful happens. Yeah, um, as they're walking out of the classroom, suddenly Andy went sprawling and turns out Charlie's there who fucking tripped him up, of course. And it's like, oh, I'm so sorry, Andy. I didn't mean to trip you. So Charlie's just fucking escalating shit and just doing it out in the open now, basically. Yeah, and this is finally Andy Cracks having, yeah. you know, tried to keep his cool with, with all this you know, bullying and provocations and a tussle ensued. Neil just fucking stands there. I know, like he literally does. And he's like, Neil realised he should stop the fight, but he couldn't move. And it's like, fucking Neil, you get in there and help your friend. Jesus. I know. Well, the rest of them are all standing there and just gawping. But who should come along to drag Charlie off, Andy? <laughs> it's it's <our> hero. Collins! <laughs> one and only. <laughs> the only one who acts like a sensible grown-up in the whole thing. Oh, thank God. Yeah, finally. Yeah. A responsible adult. <laughs> For once. So, uh, yeah, he says, what's wrong with you, Charlie? Did you start this? And with a disgusted look on his face, Mr. Collins took Charlie's arm um, and tells him to go to Cooper's office and he'll follow him on. And Charlie's just, you know, cocky and obnoxious. Hmm. He strolls confidently off saying, sure, boss. I'm not even going to give him the honour of doing an OTG voice. Oh, no, absolutely not. He sure doesn't. Um, And he sees, uh, looks at Charlie, or sorry, looks at Andy and smiles and says, later, in a sinister fashion. And Mr. Collins warns, get out of here, Cashman. Mm. Um, And then he stomps off on Andy's books. And Andy just sort of, runs off before Mr. Collins could say anything to him but Mr. Collins knows that Neil might have some insider knowledge about what's going on. Yeah he kind of takes him aside and just says look what's going on here do you know what's happening and I suppose Neil you know obviously he likes Mr. Collins too because he's the best Um, but he just feels you know obviously it's not easy to talk about what's going on especially since he had such conflicting feelings it's like Mm. all right Neil come on. Yeah you can't be conflicted about this. Yeah in fairness so he does say it's Charlie and it's it's hard to explain so he takes him into an empty classroom and he's like look I'm sure it is hard to explain but just give it your best shot. Yeah and he says that Charlie's giving Andy a hard time and Mr. Collins is clearly you know whether it's a grapevine or is picked up on the vibe of Charlie Mm. because he says um, is you know basically because he's black, and Neil's almost shocked at Mr. Collins's directness. Um, yeah, Mr. Collins says, "Look, I know Andy won't say anything to me, but if you hear anything else, if Charlie does anything else, come and tell me. I will." And he says, "I basically he'll take it seriously." Yeah. Um. So you know he's not expecting Andy to 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 tell him, but Charlie um should let him know if he sees something. Um and he just but Neil's like mm, no, he doesn't want any help and says he's <laughs> now I mean 
you think that Mr. Collins should also approach Andy, but I guess yeah. we can give him credit. Maybe we're being too generous to him, but he know he clearly maybe he knows that Andy's been like burnt before with authority figures. Maybe he does. I know. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, on one hand, it's like for Sweet Valley, this is handled well, but for the real world, this is not how we're doing this at all. Yes. <laughs> fucking hell. Like Charlie should be fucking expelled because this is yeah. racist abuse immediately yeah. in front of everybody. Plenty of witnesses. This guy's yeah. out on his arse. Like, <laughs> no. Um. Yeah, because he doesn't really seem to get any school punishment. No, it doesn't seem to. We don't hear about anything, but um. I guess it's uh you know in terms of 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 Andy not uh trusting understandably school authorities yeah Neil should be um like doing something um or should he, I mean listeners let us know what you think should be the the right thing to do I can't believe we're debating this in a serious way in sweet valley context because <laughs> uh you know we we're God knows that uh, Mr Collins. I hate much as we hate to admit this. Is it perfect? <laughs> what? <laughs> no. And uh, certainly we're not either. So. <laughs> true. Very true. Well, later, uh, Neil tells Penny he's going to ask Andy and Tracy to go on a double date. So he hopes this will somehow make everything magically go back to normal. <laughs> and Penny thinks this is a good idea. But when Neil finds Andy in a band room practicing his French horn, things don't really go well. Yeah, he invites him um, to the movies tonight with him and Penny. Mm. And uh, and he's just like, no, thanks. And he's just like, look, I don't need it. You you don't have to be nice to me out of guilt. Thanks anyway, but I don't need you to babysit me. So he's mm. just being kind of frosty with him. And then Neil can feel himself getting angry. And he's like, oh, come on, Andy. I can't believe you'd think that. Mm. And Andy just kind of brushes him off and is like, look, close the door on your way out. Um, and they just, yeah, they end up having a row. And yeah. Andy's just not, he just doesn't want to hear from him. Like, yeah. he's just, he's done. Yeah. Um, so Neil storms out. Yeah. And uh, this, he's like, he's really in a in a in a sort of a tantrum almost. Very much so. Yeah. When he leaves, and he go, he meets Penny, and they're going to the cinema, and the whole time they're in the cinema, he's thinking like, oh, Andy's treating me about dirt. She thinks he's better than everyone. He acts since you know since he's black, everyone else is wrong. Never him. Ugh. And then thinks. At least Charlie was only picking on one person and he was taking it out on everyone, especially Neil. Oh, yes. Neil's the real victim here. Like, uh, what are you and doing? And Andy's the real buddy over Charlie. Oh, God. Yeah, it's grim. But yeah, he's just sitting in the cinema, just stewing away and all these uh, thoughts are fucking escalating in his mind. So he's just like, oh, you can forget it, Jenkins. Just forget it. I don't need this kind of crap from anyone. Yeah, so, he's so yeah, angry. He's... he's all huffing and puffing and... Penny notices. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, he's like your breathing's really funny because he's like he's <laughs> just sitting there fuming. It's like my friend Fiona. Sorry, just a, a quick tangent. She had a she's a really good expression for this. That like if you're fuming and like in bed or something and you're really annoyed, she's like I'm just lying there like a salmon. It's <laughs> like that's what he's doing. He's just sitting there fucking rushing <laughs> about the place, squiggling away, just like. <laughs> 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 oh my god uh, well I can see why if he was in salmon mode he couldn't really sit in the cinema that's it yeah it's just not happening like <laughs> and Freddie's uh, like do you want to leave the film earlier and he's like yes I, mean, I do this can't be any fun for Penny either with her sitting next to this guy he's just like oh for fuck's sake let's just get out of here <laughs> and Penny thinks he's worried about Andy not angry with him 
Yeah, which is, you know, what you would assume, but because I suppose we, we know what Neil is thinking, it's like, no, no, you would think that he's just worried for his friend, but instead he's fucking, you know, feeling sorry for himself. No. Well, as we go, as they go to the car, which is in a secluded park of the car park behind the cinema, they see a shocking scene. Yeah, this is um, this is bad. He, mm. They see several boys rocking a car and shouting angrily. And they can't really hear exactly what they're saying or make it any faces. But like, it's very clearly a violent scene. Mm. And Penny's like, oh shit, there is somebody in that car. Um, so Neil tells her to go inside and call the cops. And as he kind of runs towards the group, the first person he recognises is, of course, Charlie. And then realises that it's the car that Andy drives, the dad's car. Yes. So obviously Andy's in it. And it's like, oh shit, stuff is going down. And... It certainly does, because to Neil's horror, the gang drag Andy from the car and close in on him like a pack of wolves going in for the kill. Oh, it's horrible. Like, this is really, yeah. really horrible. It's genuinely, it's it's disturbing. So, yeah. you know, um, seriously, uh, listener discretion advised. Oh, feel free to skip ahead. Yeah. Scene. Um, so, yeah, well, the time Andy, or sorry, Neil gets there, Andy, they've beating him almost unconscious like he's he's just a they're holding him up and he clearly doesn't know what's going on and then Charlie smirks at Neil and says this is your chance take your best shot oh fucking hell it's quite shocking the first time it's, you sit, th- read this this is it and this was my first time reading it and to be honest I knew there was like a betrayal coming and when I was kind of, you know, as this scene was unfolding, I was like, oh, my God, he's going to just like leave and not help his friend. And that's the betrayal. Like, yeah. that's how bad I thought it would be. Oh. I didn't for a second think it was going to be as fucking horrendous as this. Yeah. Um, so I actually was properly shocked by it. Like, yeah, no, it is genuinely it is genuinely shocking. It's it is. a shocking thing that's happened in a Sweet Valley book. It actually is. Yeah, because, because um, it yeah. crosses a line that you don't think they'll cross. Oh, massively so. Because because uh, like they have beaten this poor kid he is unconscious and Charlie's mm. like holding him up and just kind of taunting Neil and saying come on I know you've been wanting to do it he's been treating you like you're some kind of fool and the rest of the lads all kind of chime in and they're like yeah we had to teach him his lesson um and like Andy's head is lolling to one side oh. like this it's so dark it's so horrible um Charlie's like this is your chance to pay him back for all the lousy things he's been saying to you he's been taking advantage of you like he's really fucking amping up yeah. this whole situation and getting in Neil's head and yeah. of course, Neil has kind of rammed himself up into such a fucking state where he's fucking victimizing himself. Mm. Um, and something in him snaps and he raises his arm to hit Andy. And like, as he's doing it, he realizes he's wrong, but it's too late. Yeah. And he's fucking punched Andy in the stomach. Like, it's yeah. horrendous. Yeah. And it's basically all the, like, he, he feels like he's, he wants to get back at Andy because he's blaming him for all his hurt feelings basically yeah. and he uh he he hits him he's part he, of this racist attack he actually does it like and he like it is immediate guilt but it, he fucking did it yeah. though he crossed that line and yeah. i actually can't believe they went there with it like and yeah. yeah i was very shocked and there's there is no coming back from this no truly there is not which is a relief in that way that they don't go and everything's fine. yeah we're not papering over this like this is some bad shit yeah so he's he's filled with with horror at what he's done, and he runs away as the gag the gang holler that they're only getting started. King hell. So like, okay, he runs off because he's so shocked he doesn't want to be there anymore. But also, they might kill him. They actually might. Like, 
truly, it's just awful. Like he he drives off, uh, you know, tires squealing and everything. But like he's also just left Penny there as yeah. well because she's gone in to call the cops and he has literally just driven off in yeah. horror at what he's done. But he's just oh, it's awful. It's such a horrible scene. Yeah, it's genuine. It's so dark. Like he stops mm. at the way he home and throws up and realizes there's no way to undo what he had done. And that is true. So true. Like it's it's so grim and like it is like even for Sweet Valley, because I know like there's been some ridiculous shit, but this is properly horrible stuff. Like yeah. yeah. So he basically hides away all weekend. He's sort of waiting for the cops to to call on him any second. Yeah. Um but nothing happens and he doesn't hear from anybody. Well Penny's been ringing him but He's not returning calls. Yeah. yeah, so he hasn't heard from Andy or anything. And at school on Monday, Penny finds him. And uh, obviously she's been really worried about him and says that the cops arrived, uh, presumably just after he left. Uh, thank God that they didn't, uh, like that the gang didn't get a chance to do any more mm. to, uh, to Andy. Yeah. And they scattered um, when the cops arrived. And Andy won't say who it was. Yeah. Now, just so you know now, Andy does not was not really conscious when Neil hit him. So he doesn't know that's true yeah 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 he yeah he was unconscious like at that point yeah yeah and Neil apologizes just running off and then to add to his shame Penny says it must have been really hard on you seeing him get beaten up like that yeah (sighs) then of course suddenly Jess cares about racism oh god oh Jessica yeah is it is it her that's immediately like I'm starting a petition Elizabeth watches them and says, uh, we should also have some kind of racism awareness program. It's like, uh, t- too little, too late, but yes. Yeah, oh God, for sure. So she does point out that uh, most racism isn't even as obvious as beating someone up. Very true. And again, surprisingly insightful from a Wakefield. Very, su- I mean, she lets us down again by the end of the book, but yes, oh she, this is true. She has her moments, though. We'll give her that. <laughs> and Penny is rightly appalled that it took such a horrendous, violent attack to make Sweet Valley aware mm. of uh, that racism exists. Is, yeah. So the cu- curriculum expands yet further as we go to <laughs> Ms. Jacobi's. Uh, oh, this is sociology. Sociology yes. class. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean... Where did this come from? Oh my God. But then she basically does Jane Elliott's uh, blue eyes test. Which oh, okay. Because like, this, this is a real thing. Is it? Because I was reading all this and I was like, what is she doing? Why is she running a baby Stanford prison experiment on these kids? Like, this is weird. Well, it was something that a teacher called Jane Elliott really did run. Kind of has a baby Stanford prison experiment. Kind of is. I think it was the day after um, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. was murdered. Right. And she did it to um, sort of teach her class, I guess, of primary school kids um, about racism. And now she sort of works as a human rights um, advocate. Okay. I guess. Um, And it's sort of a way of showing how power corrupts basically so of course Jessica sees it as being like it's a way to understand what it's like to be discriminated against but really the most important thing about it is showing how when people get a bit of power they become terrible and how uh, people can live up to or down to 
projections on them. Now, I'm sure there are many criticisms of this test. Oh, surely. Yeah. But I, I do get the point that like, you know, this is how arbitrary something like this is, that it's it's your eye colour, it's your skin colour, yeah. like it's something completely fucking meaningless. And, and, you know, this obviously shouldn't be the basis for anything. So she's, I get that she's making her point, but also they go through this where like, it's the people with lighter coloured eyes. Well, blue eyes. Yeah, it's blue, oh, blue eyes, eyes versus okay. brown eyes. Are the, uh, yeah, are the second class citizens. So people with brown eyes can uh, can treat them as badly as they want to. And like, kind of for a few minutes nobody talks and then people do kind of get into it um but like it seems to go on for the whole class and <laughs> it's like they have five minutes of discussion at the end so it's like <laughs> I don't think this is how this should be done uh Jacoby what are you doing <laughs> also there's a bit where she says dark eyes are always a, minor- a majority um which would not be the case in Ireland Ooh, yeah actually because I was reading that like I was like are we sure about that? <laughs> well, I guess, I think we're, I mean, I, you know, even among predominantly white countries, I think Ireland is very, is unusual in being overwhelmingly to like a, a massive degree. Most people have variations on blue eyes. Like yeah. a pretty small minority have brown eyes. It's like the <laughs> average Irish person has very dark hair and bluey, grey, greeny, whatever <laughs> eyes. Yes, like, my, like that's yours and my eye colour is the bluey, yeah. grey, greeny. <laughs> what colour is it really? Who like, knows? Where, where would we fall in this experiment? I don't know. <laughs> We'd definitely be on the not brown side. Well, that's about, true, actually. I yeah. mean, it. But yeah, for all the sort of beliefs, I remember when I first heard about like, oh, this unusual Irish colouring, like somebody had black eyelashes and, and black hair and bright blue eyes. It was like, that is 99% of my relations. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is basically Angus's entire family in Sligo. <laughs> yeah. My husband got advice. I mean, I've naturally got, well, I had dark brown hair. It's slightly grey and streaky at the moment. Oh, look, we're all at that stage now. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the, the bog standard white Irish person colouring of bluey, grey, whatever eyes, <laughs> yeah. dark hair. So yeah, it would, um, I guess here, like the people with brown eyes would always be the minority but that would always include well not always but it would probably include the people who were from you know ethnic minorities in the class mm, true. which would end up being a bit of a weird dynamic very true yeah probably not the one to run <laughs> yes well they they do of course it works in sweet valley oh yes even yeah. though it is the waspiest town on earth and <laughs> um, they do have uh some, some plenty of brown-eyed uh students and uh, Winston seems to be the only one who's learned the most important lesson as part of this class. Oh. Because he says, um, I thought I wouldn't want to be mean to them, but it was oh. pretty easy. That yeah. makes me kind of nervous. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, again, a, a bit of insightfulness <laughs> from a Sweet Valley student. Always welcome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, the... Um, the, Jessica is all angry because she's experienced something approaching prejudice for the first time. <laughs> I know it's because it is like now I get racism <laughs> because people were mean to me for twenty minutes. <laughs> like, literally I, is. I don't know now, Jessica. If that's quite what's happened here. <laughs> no, it isn't. But <laughs> whatever. If it may, if God Almighty, Jessica look, took it, this. If, if it gets the point across to her, she look. <laughs> Blunt instrument for Jessica. Very true. Well, meanwhile, at lunchtime, Neil is feeling terrible because he's, instead of being accused of being part of a racist attack, everyone's treating him like a hero because they think he tried to save Andy. 
That's it. As far as anybody knows, he was there to to tell Penny to call the cops. And then I guess mysteriously disappeared. But we're all just brushing over that. But as far as anyone knows, yeah, he was the one who alerted yeah, cops when, to come and, and help Andy. So yeah. everyone thinks he's amazing. And when he gets home, his dad has a treat for him. So it's tickets to some football game. And mm. Initially, he thinks this is great. He's just going to forget his troubles for a few hours. But then something genuinely awful happens. It's terrible because, yeah, he had been, I suppose, feeling terrible, but was kind of able to sort of put things out of his mind, you know, not that he deserves to, um, over the course of the game. Um, and then his dad kind of, yeah, has this like moment where he's like, I want to talk about something serious. And Neil is like, oh, God, there's some terrible retribution in store now. Dad knows and I'm in so much trouble. And his dad says, oh, I heard from Frank Cashman this morning after you left from school. And again, Neil is like, oh, God, here it comes. And his dad is like, I think I know how you felt. His father went on in a low, sympathetic tone. Uh, I don't blame you one bit. Uh, yeah. Neil is stunned as his dad says, first of all, I want to say the hitting man while he's down. Well, that's not exactly fair and square. This dull pounding in Neil's ears. He couldn't answer. And then his dad says, but I know your heart was in the right place. The like, words that everybody says. They do something terrible. Yeah. And it's just, it's awful. And again, I wasn't, I didn't see this coming either. Like I really thought his dad was going to, if he found out, fucking read him over it. And no, not the case. You sort of think if his dad found out, he'd be like, oh shit, what have I been teaching my child? A moment of fucking realisation and self-reflection and like, oh, clearly I'm fucking up here and I need to sort my kid out. But uh, no, he, he's like, you probably felt a little bit worried about it, but I know Andy had it coming. And then Neil says, they, we, beat him up. And Mr. Freemount shrugged. It's awful. He's like, sure, so you were a little rough on him. Like he, the fucking kid was unconscious. Uh, But you can be sure of one thing. He's learned his lesson now. Like. And then he's like, what? Second half starting. Holy shit. Like, and it is, and I suppose that is kind of, you know, I guess good for them to show as well how casual he's being and so horrifically racist. Yeah. As if it's no big deal. And it's just like, oh my God. I know. And it's quite hard hitting. Mm. Um, you know, pulls no punches. It's not yeah. like, what is dad so great, really? It's like, no. No. He's just had this. And also, he's just got this massive disillusioning realization that his dad is not a good person. Yeah, that's it. And Neil is horrified. It, like he, It's like, I yeah. can't believe this Neil thought. It was like a nightmare. His father was praising him for beating up and Andy. It was sickening. And yeah. at it least is. Neil is finally reacting appropriately to something. Yeah, so but, yeah. it actually is a genuinely quite quite uh, powerful moment. Yeah. So after the match, Neil can't, like, he just can't even speak. And his uh, and he asks his dad to let him out in the middle of town. Um, and his dad figures out what's bothering him and gets all sort of blustery, like literally <laughs> says, in a blustery tone, you know, look, Neil, don't you go acting all high and mighty with me. I know what you did. You're no better than ever, anyone else. Oh, God. Like, his dad is just the worst. I like, know. he's Leave such him, a Mrs. piece Freeman. of shit. Seriously, get out of there, Carol. Like, she's shown she doesn't agree with him. Like, yeah. So, come on. You can do better. This is not good. And Neil, you know, um, would be better off without his racist dad. Way better off without these terrible this lessons. Fucking hell. I know. Yeah. Like, a nice father son moment. Oh, no. Just horrendous fucking racism. Let's go burn a cross, lads. Like, <sighs> just, it's. Horrible. It genuinely is. So Neil's like, oh, I have to tell Andy the truth. Because, um, yeah, that's what Andy wants here in the middle of the night. And he <laughs> walks to the house and 
he rings the doorbell eventually and apologizes for being so late. It's like 11 o'clock. It, like, yeah, it is pretty late to go calling over to someone. But, um, but Mr. and Mrs. Jenkins are delighted to see him because as far as they're concerned, he helped save their son from being beaten yeah. to death by a racist mob. And um, they thank him for intervening, but he like he just he can't say a word. Um, so uh, he goes in to see Andy. He's delighted to see him. By the way, this is the sort of what I thought was going to happen when I thought it was going to be like sort of white saviour Neil saves his black friend and his black friend is like, thank you, oh, Neil, God, I see yeah. you're good all the time. Because <laughs> um, he said, Andy says, oh, look, I'm, you know, he's so happy to see him. And he says, I wanted to talk to you, but I felt like such a jerk. I couldn't get up the nerve to call you. He said that jerk Charlie had got, got me so confused. He says, I was being as much of a racist as he was. No, you weren't, Andy. No, no, you were absolutely not. Oh, God. Um, but he says, you know, I know we're friends. I was a major fool not to appreciate you. It doesn't matter, you know, whatever. Uh, this black versus white garbage doesn't make any difference. We'll show everyone above all that. And Neil can't, like, is so horrified here. Or Andy speaking this way. Uh, he knows what he's done. Just runs away. Runs he just and kicks over some bins exactly that is what happens yeah he just can't face it and does just like it yeah um so i really thought it was going to have andy saying one of those things and he'll be like it's okay andy we're <laughs> friends now i did not think there was going to be the neil turning out to actually behave in a very racist way be clearly got some racist feelings oh god yeah or uh you know that it would it would go so far um yeah so at school the next day, Liz shows the gang her article on the survey. And one of the things that's come up most strongly in it is that a surprising number of students in the schools, especially girls, feel they're discriminated against. And it sort of becomes a boy versus girl thing. Yeah, like immediately. Because um, Enid, I think some of the lads are a bit sceptical. And Enid's like, yeah, what about it? And then Aaron Dallas is, uh, he makes a face and it's like, uh, girls get all the breaks, always. Uh, and Dana's like, are you having a laugh? <laughs> To Aaron. I thought Aaron seemed cool in the last book. Just as we had warmed to him. Yeah. Bad buzz. But look, everyone makes a fucking arse of themselves in this anyway. (gasps) Um, Including. Oh, look. (laughs) It's a limbo. It pains me me to do it. But if I have to put Ken Matthews in the bin, I will do that. (laughs) And it looks like I might have to. (laughs) I'm afraid you might. I think it's going to get worse in the next book. It's not going to get better. Anyway, that's for fucking sure. (laughs) Honest to God, let down with a bang. Um, Yeah, so Liz kind of explains that a lot of the girls on the sports team uh, feel that they're certainly not getting all the fucking breaks because they get less money for equipment, less coverage Mm. and less support from other students. And then Aaron and Ken exchange knowing looks and Ken is like, but since when are girls sports really as important as the guys teams? There's no homecoming field hockey game, I noticed. Shut up, Ken. <gasps> Ken. Oh, I never thought I'd say, I'd hear you say those words. Karen. betrayal, Anna. I oh. am most unamused. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, Liz is, is, very, is kind of annoyed and surprised that the boys are treating the discussion as a big joke. And when she asks, what would you say if a girl tried out for varsity quarterback? What the fuck varsity quarterback is? I mean, <laughs> the lads are all amused. And Ken grins smugly. Oh, Ken. <laughs> uh, we get a little recap of Ken's recent experiences. Well, recent, I don't know, it was quite a while ago, but. Yeah, apparently until a few months ago, he had been Sweet Valley High High's quarterback. So his mm. accident is a few months ago in this, yeah, I guess. I guess. So. 
I don't know. Uh, yeah, so they just recap the fact that he was in a horrible accident and uh, lost temporarily lost his vision. Uh, so Scott Trust, who's a sophomore, um, has replaced him as quarterback. Um, but everyone's assuming now that Ken is just going to walk right back into to his quarterback position uh, yeah. in the next season of football. Quite cockily, some would say. Very much so. Yes, and Ken, oh, again, Karen, he's letting you down. He oh, says sorry. girls just can't be good at football. But then the girls ask well, can a girl be good at this sprinting? Can they be good at this? Whatever. I don't know what it takes to be a good footballer and I didn't take any notes about it because it's so boring. <laughs> I'm pretty sure quarterbacks just need to like run fast and be good at catching. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Um, so Ken, because he's very easily trapped and tricked <laughs> oh, the little himbo he is. My beautiful dummy. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I guess girls can. And they're like, aha, they're the skills of a quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, he really walks straight into it. What's happening here? (laughs) (laughs) And Dana says, look, this is just a gender discrimination. When the boys are like, no, no, it's not. Angry Olivia says, well, I bet you think Auntie Jenkins getting beaten up wasn't discrimination either. And that puts a halt to their gallop. Very much so, yes. Mm. So, uh, yeah, there's fields just, you know, they're all kind of sad and guilty about, about all this. And uh, then a hush grows as Andy and Tracy enter the cafeteria and Penny calls them over to the group. Well, at least they're her actual friends. That is true. the rest of the crew who are all suddenly all over them. Oh, suddenly we're best fucking pals. Like, yeah, we have established that Penny does know Andy and Tracy and that they are friends. Um, Yeah, so they they come over to the group. And again, it's weird as well that I I suppose the place falls silent like when they walk in as well. It isn't exactly ideal. But um, but everyone kind of acts normal when they come over and, um, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm OK. And everyone's quite concerned about him. But then everyone's smiley. And uh, yeah, they're all kind of getting on OK, but there's no sign of Neil. And he's wondering yeah. where he is because no one's really seen him all day. Yeah. No one's sure where he is. By the way, we're told that the gang all wanted to reassure Randy that they liked him. And it wasn't just because of his race. <laughs> that would be reverse discrimination, which was just as bad. I mean, so, you know, fair, fair point of this was true, but it clearly isn't. They all genuinely liked him because he was a likeable guy. I mean, that's true. And he seemed to recognise their friendship for what it was. And extremely sudden. That's what it is. Literally hasn't been mentioned for the last book. Very true. I'm very grateful. Your abrupt friendship. <laughs> Your deep yet abrupt friendship. Yeah. <laughs> and he does seem like a likable, you know, funny, smart guy. Like I can't understand why he doesn't have any other friends. Very true. Like and he's cool. Like he's he's obviously in the band in like bad beach. He's in his own band. He's obviously in like whatever school band if he's in he plays French horn. Oh, that's um true. like he's a talented dude who's got loads of interests and hobbies and it's like where are your proper friends yeah. Andy? <laughs> what are you even juice to this shower? <sighs> well Neil is lurking outside because he can't face anybody and who should approach him but Charlie. Oh this fucker again. So he calls him buddy and Neil's like not your buddy and Charlie says we're just soldiers in the same army, something Ooh. like that, right? Yikes! Like very okay, far yeah, right militia vibe. Extremely, yeah, very much so. Mm. Um, and uh, he says that it looks like Jenkins didn't learn his lesson yet. He's getting heroes welcome all over school, and uh, he says that uh, he figures Andy needs another dose of what he got the other night, and then maybe he and all the sorry, the, this is what he says. All the other blacks in this town will know we mean business. Fucking hell. 
So Neil tells him to leave Andy alone and he's like, well, I can't. And you didn't exactly stay away from him the other night. And when Neil says it was a mistake, a stupid mistake, Charlie says, well, that's what I'll tell everyone. Oh, because he's going to tell the, the unless Neil engages in another racist attack on Andy, Charlie's going to tell everybody. Yeah, well, that's it. And then I suppose as uh, as Neil points out, it's like, well, then, you know, obviously you were there too. And how would, how would anyone know that you're telling the truth unless you were there as well? So he's like, oh, I meant turning in an anonymous tip. Uh, and says, oh, besides, I was nowhere near that parking lot on Friday night. I was with my father, bowling. Ooh. So clearly he has a fucking alibi already set up with his piece of shit dad. So, yeah, yeah. not good. Um, it is pretty uh, grim. Yeah. And he just saunters off. So Neil realises that he, he has to tell Andy the truth. Yeah, yeah there's, no, there's, there's no options yeah. here other than just being the one to tell him. Yeah. yeah. But that night he picks up the phone. He can't do it. Next day, he sees Andy in class and they're in a nice moment and he realises that once he admitted what he'd done, he would lose Andy's friendship and Penny's for forever and Penny's too. And everyone else that he cared about would treat him like an outcast. The only people who would like him would be, would be people like Charlie Cashman. But it was the price he had to pay. Mm. Attacking someone because of his colour wasn't something that could be forgiven or forgotten. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is obviously true, but I'm, uh, I'm surprised <laughs> that Sweet Valley are going for this. It's just, I know, we're just relieved that they're actually saying this, <laughs> you know, in a straightforward way that like, this is the fucking case. There's no coming back from this. Yeah. So he walks into the class and uh, Andy's all excited about he's going to get his award that day. And Neil asks why he hasn't reported Charlie to the police. Um, and Andy, who's been, I mean, he's, he's being very... Um, a very noble I guess but really yeah he says that the way people are t- treating Charlie in his punishment they clearly all hated him anyway so I don't know but can't get much worse because he's not getting any actual punishment for it yeah he's like he's his own punishment it's like yeah but so is actual punishment so there's that and he says that if Cashman tries anything else he says I swear I'll nail him I've got the NAACP the American Civil Liberties Union the cops I'll get everybody on his case but I'm pretty sure he wouldn't do anymore and of course Neil knows that Charlie is planning to do something else yeah and he's like says he's worried he won't back off but Andy's just like ah you know Charlie's just gonna be sickened watching me get my award today and um he tries to sort of joke around with Neil about it. But. Yeah, he doesn't really want to talk about it because it is, his, you know, it, this is kind of is his day that he's getting his scholarship award. So it's like, this is actually a good day for me and I'd rather not dwell on this horrible thing that happened. So you can kind of see mm. that's where he's coming from. Yeah. yeah. So they'll go to the auditorium and uh, Mr. Cooper makes a speech and says, there's no room for intolerance of any kind at Sweet Valley High. It's like, tell that to Jessica. Jesus Christ, you're a bit late with that. Like, yeah. <laughs> so he congratulates Andy in a very, in a kind of heavy-handed way before giving him his prize. And I guess Andy was just the victim of a racist attack. He's not just being like he's overcome obstacles because he's black. He literally was beaten up like yeah. three days ago. So it is heavy-handed, but it's not quite as heavy-handed as it would be. It just came out of nowhere. <laughs> True. <laughs> and Andy gets his prize to wild applause. Later, the gang celebrate in the cafeteria, but when only Penny, Andy and Neil are left, Neil tells Andy that he was there the night of the attack. Oh, yeah. And he he does tell him in front of Penny as well, which yeah. I kind of wasn't expecting either. No, fair point um, for that. And not. yeah, and like in fairness, at, at first Andy's like, oh, I know you were there. You bailed me out. I'll never forget it. Because of course, that's his understanding of what happened. Um, Yeah, so then Neil eventually does get the words out and he's like, 
I was there with those other guys and I hit you too. Um, he was like, I was so mad at you for thinking I was like Charlie that I was like him and I hit you. And he had the anger and betrayal in his face made Neil want to die. Then Andy stood up and walked away without a word. And like, there was nothing else he could have done there, like yeah. other than just get up and walk away. Because Jesus, what do you say to that? Like, And Penny is also horrified and runs off and he mm. follows her and says he can explain. And she's like, uh, what the fuck? Yeah, explain what? Like, there is no explaining this away. And when he tries to defend himself, he's like, you don't know what I've been going through these past few weeks. I'm so turned around. I didn't know who my friends were anymore. Um, He says, I know you won't forgive me. And she says, icily, it's not for me to forgive. Yeah. And then says, all you did today was try to take care of your own guilty conscience. Telling Andy doesn't make it better. And Neil says, well, no, but at least Andy knows the truth. And Penny's like, that you're just as bad as Charlie Cashman. Only not as obvious. Yeah, like, (gasps) fucking hell, she's dead, right? Yeah, like, um, fair, Penny. Um, So... Neil's like, haven't you done things you regret? And she's like, yes, but not like this. Jesus, dude. Like, yeah. She's devastated. He's not the person that she thought he was. And Neil thinks he's not the person that he thought he was. Yeah. So he heads out to his car. He's in a state. And who should appear? Let's say Liz. Liz, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, you know, obviously you want she wants to help Neil be a better person in the future but she's sort of like sometimes it's easy to get mixed up sometimes we take things out of the people we care about the most I mean yes but he joined a racist mob and finished his best friend yeah this this might be slightly out of your jurisdiction Liz (laughs) somewhat I think he should talk to a professional because he clearly isn't irredeemable like he can um, you know he's not going to turn if he he's not necessarily going to turn into his dad. No, that is true. Yeah, but Liz is just going to be like, "You're a good person, really." <laughs> so, um, yeah, he says. Well, I guess he says he never meant to do. She's like, "Well, maybe part of you did." Oh God, yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, that is like that is exactly what happened. And she's like, "Look, that part just took control for a second. I know you really care. I know. I know you're not Charlie Cashman." Um, but he just finds her sympathy hurts as much as Penny's scorn. So, yeah. yeah. And actually, I think one of the things that he at least realizes cause, is that, you know, it's sort of what Penny said. It was like, well, maybe he's he's not that different from Charlie. You know, yeah. he was able to keep like the sort of thing that Liz is saying to him, like, you're not like Charlie Cashman would allow him to kind of delude himself into thinking like, but I'm a good person. I can't really do something bad. Whereas what Penny said is sort of prompting more actual soul searching mm. and realization of what do I have to learn to do better? True. Yeah. So rather than Liz is like, don't worry. You're yeah. fine, really. <laughs> I know you're really get... a good person. And it's like, not quite as whitewashed over as that, though, is it now? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of work to be done here. So Char- Neil just drives around, he's sort of in a bit of a daze, and then he sees Andy crossing the football field. But who should be approaching him? God, he sees Charlie and his fucking gang of D-bags uh, yeah. approaching from the other side of the pitch, obviously coming towards Andy. Uh, and Neil knows without a doubt that they're going to teach Andy another lesson. So yeah, it's about to go yeah. down again. And he runs across to Andy, who says, Wash didn't want to miss another chance. And Neil says, I'm standing with you. And Andy understandably says, don't need your sort of help, thank you. Well, yeah, very fair. 
<laughs> and he's like, well, if they go for you, they're going to have to take me too. And tells Charlie to back off. And by the way, this is just meant that the odds are like four to two rather than four to one. They're, I don't know why Charlie immediately backs down, which is basically what happens. Yeah, I was surprised too, because as you say, there are still four of them. Like those boys are still outnumbered. But um, but yeah, at the sight of like just one other person, um, Charlie just kind of, yeah, he's well, he starts kind of taunting Neil. Mm. Um, but he's just like, yeah, as soon as they make it clear that, look, if you're going to come for Andy right now, you will have to beat me up as well, because there are two of us standing here. Um, and Charlie is just like, ooh, whatever, let's get out of here. And like almost immediately backs down. It's very yeah. strange. And um, yeah, that's Charlie swaggers off and that's it. And then it's genuinely sad scene. It is, but like it, it's also good that yeah. that, that this is how it shakes out because, yeah. you, you know, there's no getting over what happened, really. Like, yeah, at, at least not immediate forgiveness. Anyway, that's for fucking sure. No, because Andy says you probably think this makes it even. He glared at Neil, but it doesn't. And Neil agrees, as I know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I know saying sorry doesn't make any difference, but I swear that I am and I'll never stop being sorry. And then Andy looked away and we're told he seemed tired and sad and most of all alone. Oh, Why God. is it so hard? He whispered as though to himself. Like that's fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, that's it's actually genuinely quite can I, can I say Sweet Valley Book is genuinely moving? Oh God, <laughs> who are we? <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> he's just so isolated. It's just shitty. Like he's... I know. Like where are your sound friends, Andy? Yeah, but even even then, like there aren't, there don't seem to be people who understand what no. his experiences are like. They really don't, yeah. And, um, yeah, and there's nothing Neil can do to that. And they just look at each other for sort of a long moment, and then Andy walks away, and that's it. Yeah, and it, it, they get, I guess they, you know, there's an understanding there that you know this is done, and there's, yeah, it's like they look at each other for a long moment. Miles and miles seem to stretch between them, and Neil knew they both regretted it deeply. And then, yeah, he just walks away, and it's like, like there's no way they can recover a friendship yeah. after what happened. Like it's just that is not happening. Yeah, and I guess we just have to hope that Neil has genuinely you know is going to resolve to to change and not follow in the footsteps of his terrible dad so God, be that's it, Mrs. Like... Fre- Mrs. Freeman got out of there with him yes absolutely that's what he needs and a fucking escape plan out of that house with him and his mom. and uh, yeah get the fuck away from that dad of his yeah so uh, yeah a few nights later Penny is still and this is where the, the book sort of falls down a bit because yeah they uh, lost me here a bit yeah <laughs> Because Penny's still getting over Neil's act, awful actions and she feels like a bad judge of character because when she sees the poetry book you gave her and thinks, how could a kind person do this? And it's like, oh my God, they, they had come so far in showing that Neil could have a dad who he loves who, has, who does terrible things. I'm not saying that Neil is like his dad because he no. clearly can see that his dad is wrong and is resolving not to be like that in the future. But like, yeah. they kind of established that nice people can, be, can do terrible things. Yes. It's very easy to think that they're all monsters. That's it. Charlie yeah, there's, there's so many, like, yeah, there's there's nuance here. Also, remember how you met Penny? He was sort of being manipulated by a gang into uh, sort the of letters. you. That's right. Yeah. He was being egged on by, was it like Kirk or one of those fuckers? Oh, some, it was Kirk, yeah. Some tennis playing douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, he's quite weak-willed. That is true, yeah. Mm-hmm. Signs were there. 
Well, uh, she wonders if she could have stopped Neil going so far into, you know, uh, into the hole he went into. But, like, that's a really her job, honey. True, yeah, because she's like, she feels a pang of guilt and it's like, maybe she should have tried harder. She kept telling Neil to try and understand Andy and be there for him, but maybe she should have been there more for Neil. And it's like, Penny, it is not your fault that your boyfriend sided with racist attackers yes. who were beating up his friend. I'm so this is not on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Christ almighty. Like, Jesus. But then when Neil rings, she decides that she's not ready for to forgive him, uh, yeah. but she'll listen to him. And the next day she tells Liz all this and... Uh, this is like, well, I think Neil's still a good person, but oh, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm just as I'm really happy to hear that. I'm sure everything will work out. La la la, racism is solved. That's literally her. She's like, yeah, it'll all be fine. And it's like, God, Liz, you're the worst. We had hopes for a minute. This is it. She had such good insights and good moments earlier on in the book. And then she's just like, oh, for fuck's sake, just like skips off with a flick of her fucking blonde hair she's like it's all over it's um, fine yay and oh, I've yeah. done my duty yeah, yeah and anyway she's got more important things to think about oh god yeah yeah more importantly um, Scott Trost is failing two of his classes so he's going to be suspended from the football team which means they've now lost another quarterback and they're going to have to have tryouts I mean to lose one <laughs> quarterback Etc. Etc. Yes. Once is unfortunate. Twice is simply careless. (laughs) Well, um, Penny and Liz wonder if the mystery girl from the survey will apply for this. Mm -hmm. And Penny thinks it could be a big story. Yeah. And they're trying to, yeah, she's like, neither of them have any idea who it is. So they're like, yeah, this could be a really big splash because everyone assumes Ken will be the quarterback. Uh, But apparently with him just getting his sight back lately, he's not necessarily in perfect shape to be right back on the field. So they're like, hmm, if a girl does try it for quarterback, and if she was good, it could mean serious competition for him. Liz can't wait to see the sparks fly. (gasps) And that's the end of the book. That's it. (gasps) Racism solved. Yes. (laughs) Hooray. (laughs) And will we ever hear from Andy or Tracy again? I don't think we do. I don't think we do either, which is a shame because Andy is cool. Like he's yeah. a really good character. He's really interesting, and it would be a shame if they do just like relegate him back to mm. tertiary status. I'm which afraid he is... might have been taken out of the out of the extras cupboard. For yeah. This one, and he's going to be popped <laughs> back in just for the special episode, and mm. off you go. Yeah. Um, I would like to see him just having a book about like him and his band, or maybe some rivalry with Baha Beat. Like, I was really hoping for some more detail about Baha Beat, to be honest. Yeah, we still don't know what their sound is like. Do they wear costumes? Like, because that's the kind of bar you have to hit in Sweet Valley. You that's know? <laughs> true. Stage outfits are important. It's but true. Yeah, I mean, again, it's an example where a person of color in Sweet Valley. Uh, gets to take centre stage but their plot has to be entirely about about race yeah yeah, which you know oh actually no sorry Patty was the only one who didn't oh you're right hers was about her terrible boyfriend yes and her <laughs> kind of terrible sister her sister was being kind of terrible to the bride oh, that's true. yeah poor Patty had a real raw deal in that one <laughs> but it wasn't you know the it, it for once managed to give a black character a story about you know their Boyfriend problems and family yeah, issues. Like it, exactly, it, it wasn't um, a very special episode. At yeah, all. exactly. Um, it was some regular Sweet Valley stuff. Like yeah, and I sadly can't think of any more like that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I feel like Rose's lie is the next kind of person of color is oh. a central character. Would and sure, Jesus, that's <laughs> another Literally one. <laughs> the entire point of it. Oh yeah. God. Well, 
after such a serious book, are there any stats or outfits? I mean, I can I can read us out. How about that? Oh my god! Are there, are there any outfits? There is literally not a single outfit. Wow. Well, I guess there yeah. were more serious things. To it's, yeah, it wasn't really that kind of book. Like no. the blondness and blue green eyes got two mentions each, which mm. was actually pretty good going. I, w- I wouldn't have been surprised if there was like literally one or zero yeah. as we've had before. But um, yeah, that was that was it. There was nothing fun to count. Let me tell you. No, there was just a horrible. Um, you know, racist mm. assaults, which is yep. not exactly the sort of stuff of amusing. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't at the end of an episode. Exactly, it wasn't really the one for for fluffy stats. So the best I can do is is just reading us out for the next book. Oh, dude, because we are back on the fluff now. <laughs> Thank God for fluff. Um, yeah. So, will Ken Matthews face stiff competition at the quarterback tryouts? Ooh. Find out in Sweet Valley High number seventy, Ms. Quarterback. Ms. Quarterback, indeed. Now, Yay! Uh, <laughs> I mean, we know we're going to have a lot of Ken, but we'll also almost certainly have a lot of stupid American football stuff that we don't even understand. It's not even mm. like when it was Tennis Girl, at least we understood the game. That's true. Well, yeah, at least it's some knowledge of it. Mm. Yeah, American football, this one will be, um, it will be something. There might be some, <laughs> a lot of skipping pages <laughs> if they're going to go into great detail about matches. Like, like oh. I did watch a good bit of the Super Bowl, uh, the most recent one, and I did try to learn. Like, I, I, I got Angus to try and explain it to me, and I just kept oh. glazing over. I was just like, I just can't. Like, oh. <laughs> it's so boring. It's so boring. <laughs> well, um, listeners, please let us know what uh, what you thought about uh, friend against friend. Um. You know, it, as obviously it was a, a different sort of Sweet Valley book. And again, we're very conscious that we are two white Irish women talking about these things. And yeah. Uh, yeah, we're not really the best judge of whether Sweet Valley handled this topic well or not. So very let, true. let us know what you think, because we always love hearing from you. We got some great responses to the last episode, including... This cover pointed out on Twitter that remember Dana last time talked about how she had broken up with Brett. Now oh, yes. you noticed that her name was not Brett. It's Brent. Yes. But Diz noticed something and a much bigger continuity error. <laughs> that also managed to get past us as well. Indeed. Uh yes. It was that Brenda didn't even up with, uh, as she said, I swear Dana didn't even end up with Brett slash Brent and who's who. Did she not end up with Pete, the guy pretending to be preppy Pierre? That's right. I had completely forgotten that. I was just so caught up on the whole Brent-Brett fiasco of it all. It didn't even occur to me that this might be the wrong person entirely, let alone the wrong name. <laughs> it is so true. Um, so, yes, well spotted. Uh, we got a lot of, a few comments on um, uh, on on the cover of the last book on Twitter. <laughs> It was a good cover. <laughs> the other girl said, seriously, Todd looks like he's 40 in this image, which, with his pleated chinos and fondness for smooth jazz and dinner parties, seems pretty on brand. That motorcycle <laughs> was just his midlife crisis. <laughs> it all checks out. It's true. <laughs> and uh, yes, Georgina Blewett said, have to say, 
Todd's luck screams Frankie Howard from Greece, which is appropriate as they were 30-something actors pretending to be teenagers. <laughs> so when I saw that, I thought Frankie Howard, like the uh, you know, old school English comedy star. Oh, like, like from Carry On or something. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now that's an image. It sure is. <laughs> so... Uh, Yes, we uh, we also heard from uh, quite a few people about the origins of Bahabish. Oh, this was so helpful because we truly hadn't a fucking clue what we were talking about. Uh, as, not for the first or last time, listeners. <laughs> Very true. So thank you for putting us to rights and teaching us something. Um, as uh, I think on Instagram, uh, Maria Teresa Biblioteca, a uh, friend of the show with the most fun name to say, I have to say. Oh, I love that. <laughs> she, as she put it, this is some Spanish colonial shit, uh-huh. <laughs> which makes a lot of sense. So oh, Manny Lopez was actually well, on yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was to do with the fact that like Mexico and California were all part of like what was known as New Spain and that Baja California basically means lower California. Uh-huh. Um, and then Sarah Brooksy pointed out that Baja is often used in like a general way to connote a vaguely like in, in inverted commas ethnic, i.e. Mexican sensibility where you'd have like taco places called Baja tacos. So it's kind of just mm. like a vaguely Mexican kind of mm. vibe is kind of what it's to connote really and then um, and Monica Sepulveda told us that there's actually two Baja states so there's like a north and south one and that her yes. mom is from Ensenada in Baja California Norte oh. so that was cool yeah uh, said you, sh- you all should plan a trip to Baja after this after all this mess is over oh we wish can you imagine Ooh. double love on tour <laughs> oh my god going to Southern California and Mexico Oh, bring it on. Sounds amazing. And uh, yes, and as Erin uh, Finson on Twitter very helpfully pointed out, if any Californian teens even knew about the Barbadian dialect, I'll eat my shoe with clam sauce. <laughs> so <laughs> so definitely coming down on the Baja California side of things there. We were way off target. <laughs> definitely. Well, uh, yeah, there was um, a lot of... Uh, a lot of strong feelings about the about the cover and Liz's and not only Todd's elderly look, but also <laughs> Liz justifying saucer on Instagram said, Liz looks like she's auditioning with a clown mouth at crazy golf. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Black Magic Vixen said, Liz looks like she just saw a ghost in Todd's ear. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Always enjoy a ghost. <laughs> oh, well, uh, listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And remember that if you would like some Sweet Valley shenanigans in your ears every single week, you can get access to our special bonus series, a whole series, a new episode every fortnight um, of our sister podcast, Pi Beta Alpha, by joining Headstuff Plus. That's right. So if you join Headstuff Plus, um, you can you can join for up to for as little as um, five euros a month. You can support up to three shows, um, spread your money across three or just pick one or two, mm-hmm. whatever way you want to do it. But uh, once you do uh, join up, you get the bonus content for all the shows, mm. which is such a good deal because there's so much good stuff on there. There's loads of great podcasts. Um, and yeah, you get you get access to our Pi Beta Alpha, which is tremendous fun oh my god it's so much fun as you probably know by now we are recapping the sweet valley high tv series episode by episode and it is unhinged (laughs) truly it's so entertaining i'm so pleased with how much fun it is because that just makes it super fun to to talk about so do 
do join us even just watch along on YouTube anyway and we oh, can just chat yes. about it on Instagram to be honest because I'm just willing to talk about this show with the drop of a hat now with anybody oh my god <laughs> yes we love hearing from uh from from all of you about the uh from what our Pi Beta Alpha members and we'll just say that the episode that we will be uh discussing in the next Pi Beta Alpha um bonus episode is a little episode we like to call The Prince of Santa Dora. Oh! <laughs> it is uh, inspired by one of the books, though one might remember that in the book, the object of this prince's affections was Dana Larson. That has well. not happened in this episode, but you will have to listen to find out. Or you can watch it on YouTube and then listen, uh, uh-huh. which might be even more entertaining. <laughs> I mean, it is great fun, honestly. I'm having such a good time with oh, this show. There's a montage in every single one. Oh, delighted by the montages. Well, listeners, you know where to find us. Um, we always do love to to get your feedback. And you can contact us on, on Twitter at SVH Podcast. You can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at uh, Podcast, mm. where Karen is, as usual, doing <laughs> sterling work. She's put up videos. <laughs> Thank you. Like, you can hear clips <laughs> of uh, Pi Beta Alpha. Yeah. Um, and you can see photos of last week's episode of Pi Beta Alpha, where, uh, or of the Sweet Valley TV series, where you can see the quite spectacular sight of Elizabeth and Todd dressed as Morticia and Gomez Adams. I mean, who doesn't want to see that? There's that, there's Bruce dressed up like a devil, there's Winston as a hot vampire. Like, there's something for everybody. There genuinely is. <laughs> well, Pi Beta Alpha members, we'll see you in our secret clubhouse uh, next week when we might have some uh, very special merch coming your Ooh, way very soon. Uh, everybody else, if you want to join us in the clubhouse, you can sign up at headstuffpodcasts.com. Um, and uh, then you'll have access to the full backlist so far, as well as the new episodes that will appear in a secret special podcast feed every fortnight. Um, so, yeah, Pi Beta Alpha, we'll see you next week for The Prince of Santa Dora. And everybody else, mm-hmm. we'll see you here in two weeks. Oh, yeah. When we find out what happens when Karen's favourite <laughs> himbo <laughs> must battle. <laughs> Ms. Quarterback. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. See you then, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at woodhousebuickgmc.com. We are professional grade.